We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Episode number 15 of the New York Sports Exchange. Got a lot of talk about a lot of talk about today. We have a big interview with San Francisco Giants third baseman and Rockland County native Jason Bosler. This is a very great interview. It is a must listen. He's our first professional athlete on the podcast. It, it was an honor. Trust trust me, you do not want to miss that one. It's a big stepping stone. Yes, it is a big stepping stone. Uh, the Nets oh, lost. Oh yeah, only up from here. The Nets lost, which, the Nets. Brought a, which brought a big smile to my face. We got the Yankees are hot. The Mets are hot. The Mets got into a brawl today, which Tim, I think you they have a little have bit. Of, I got something to say about that. Yeah. Some choice words about that. The Rangers coming off a few losses. They're going on the playoff hunt, even though they're benching their star players for the next two games, which us Ranger fans hurt, like right? to see. It was a it was like a minor injury, and they didn't want to risk. They didn't they didn't want to risk it, so they so they sat him. That was the situation with them. And then we got coming up. Oh, we have the draft, the NFL draft coming up. Yeah. Me and Tim made me and Tim made some mock drafts. We're ready. We're excited. The future of New York football is now. I forgot to make one, so <laughs> well, it's okay. <laughs> The future of New York football starts tomorrow. I, Tim and I cannot wait. Terrence is a Chargers fan, so I think, yeah, I think, up, I, I, I think he'll live. But then we got new segments. What I saw today, and a big announcement. Our new Twitter account. We'll go into that later. Later on. So I want to start off today. The Brooklyn Nets have been swept by the Boston Celtics, and that just makes me so happy. We got kind of cold. I mean, after. I mean, yeah. After, oh yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say after game close. one. After game two, I was it like, was yeah, the defense. Is... It was the defense the whole time, and we've been. Yep. Keep saying it. How pissed? How piss poor were they defensively? That, I mean, it was just embarrassing. And Kyrie was horrible. He was horrible on the offensive side, on the offensive side of the ball, and he was terrible on the defensive side of the ball. They just were not structured to win. They were just not. Not. Like, not. not at all. Like that, that's, Dude, I, saw, I saw this thing. It was like it was like this is the first playoffs in the past seventeen years where LeBron or KD are not in the second round. That's great. Crazy. <laughs> that's that's all awesome. the guys in the NBA. I put a smile on my face. Like I hate Kevin Durant. I think I hate Kevin Durant. I hate I, 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 hate, I hate Kevin Durant. You hate like the greatest basketball player of all time. Okay, we've had enough goat debates. On- I love MJ. I love We're it. Not We're not getting into this. We're not getting into this. We've had enough goat debates. It's it's you done. Know what I did, it's you want to know what I did this morning though? You want to? I woke up before class, put on some uh, 2018 playoff LeBron highlights. Got to watch <laughs> angle the the Celtics. I really put a smile on my face. Go, let me just. I mean, they were all rookies, so they've all developed. Him, Are you kidding? So, Jeff Green was the number two option on that Cleveland team. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I do want to say what t- I, I just want to say what this fucking idiot put on his private story today. He said, "We'll say this time and time again: LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time." He put that on his private story when he woke up this morning. You see him laying in his bed with his pillow, but it's, it's just fa- like it's 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 gonna. It's, I, I, this argument, this, this argument, what? Where were you supposed to be when uh, when you posted that? Uh, I was not. <laughs> So I was not supposed to be in statistics class. Oh, the gym. I was supposed to be at the gym. You're right. <laughs> I woke up. This is so, for anyone who doesn't know, I was supposed to be at the gym. But last night, I was doing homework till 2 in the morning, and I told myself before I went to bed, I'm not going to the gym. 
Fuck that. I'm waking up and I'm not moving. So that's what I did. I, I didn't even I didn't even bother Taxi Terrence. I was like, I'm not fucking going to jail. Yeah, no, it was like 9.45. I was like, this kid isn't showing up. It was just like, I quit. Up. I was I had a I, I had a little work on my basement Terrence. I rode my bike for a little bit, did a little bit of bench press. That was a good for you. But alright, I get back to the back to the nets. I think that last night there was uh, not last night, that or whenever the game was, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I'm forgetting. It was a Tuesday? Or was it Monday? Fuck it, yeah. it was Monday. But I I think that we, as we said before, we said it time and time again. This defense is just not good. Like they have to make those. Steve Nash has to be able to make he's those in, can adjustments. We, can we say that? He's not a head coach, and they're talking about bringing him back. For what no reason? Way. He didn't do anything. Because they feel bad. They feel they feel bad for him because they believe that he's been like dealt like a bad hand with all this Kyrie drama bad with the vaccine. He's. Like, they think that not, the, the that, Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is the biggest pussy of all I think time. He's a clown. He's a, he's clown. a bitch. I, 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 know, I think it was Stephen A. who said this. He's the most selfish basketball player of all time, and I could not uh, basketball player, athlete of all time. I don't think I could agree more. I can't think of another player who just continually sits out. Do you know he said he has a mental block that like triggers his back injuries? His back. Dude, what? Like, what does that even mean? Dude, there are people. There who work nine to five jobs, busting their ass. You play basketball for a living. You don't do anything that's so difficult. Like, tens of millions. You, you just try to do a lot. Million dollars that you don't deserve because you didn't play at all. So you don't deserve any of that money. And now when the when the going gets tough, you don't even you decide to sit on your teammates. You're some joke. You're a pigeon. You want to? I wouldn't. I would not want you on my team in a million years. You're a fucking joke. And I can't. I can't express that enough because it's ridiculous. When the going got tough and they really needed him, he decided to sit down and sit on the bench because of... I'm sick of this bullshit. I get you have pressure on you. You're making $100 million to relieve that stress. So fuck off and play some basketball because I'm sick of this. And, like, the thing that's, like, even, like, more ridiculous is, like, you you look at these, like, injuries that athletes have had. Like, Robert Williams, he tore his meniscus and came back before Ben Simmons came back. Like... It's ridiculous. It's Tiger Woods yeah, got into a car accident and nearly had his leg amputated, and he still came back before Ben Simmons. Joe Thornton played a, an entire seven-game series in the NHL with a torn ACL. Are you kidding me? You have a, your, your back hurts? Are you kidding Wait, what's me? It's like, like Martin pitched with a broken foot. Like, like <laughs> The thing like, that blows my mind, too, is like, hold the fact that Put it back in on the bench, and you your back hurts, so you have to sit out. And you look like a traffic cone sitting on the bench. I hate and like the thing that looking annoys me most when it was when like he told every he told the Nets he was like you know what game four I'm back, and I'm like that doesn't make sense. Oh, he said he said maybe even game three he'll be back. He said game four, game four he was gonna come back, and I kind of made like a mental note like that doesn't make any sense. He like game three's at home. Three. Yeah, why, why wouldn't he come back game three? three? Like why game four? Like I on it like this guy, I don't know what like the, get. He's got to be. Uh, is he upset that like fucking Kendall Jenner's no not with him anymore? Like, I, like, like I don't know. I, it blows my and mind. I really think that he like if he wants to succeed at basketball, he has to be like Oklahoma. He has to play in like OKC. He's got or, a small market. He has to play in a small market because he cannot survive in a big market. I don't understand. It is not that difficult. 
to tie your shoes, lace them up, and go play basketball. I get it. It's it's a it's a gruesome. It works you a little bit. You could be a load management. Just play a little bit. They needed any help they could get defensively. You're supposed to be that guy. You're being paid a lot of money to be that guy. Not only your teammates, the organization, the organization, you're letting your fans down. People aren't going to back you yeah. anymore. You've already lost. You've already lost Brooklyn Net fans. You've already lost them, and you haven't even played. If there were any, but <laughs> yeah, well, the ticket prices <laughs> that game like five dollars. Brooklyn is not a sports town. I'll tell. And Tim, you know this too because the Islanders were for the Islanders. For no, it does not. It doesn't work. But Brooklyn Center I, and Brooklyn Center is nice, but it's just not a sports town. No. I I heard a story. From part credit to part of my take, they they were at the game. There was a timeout, like the timeout, like late in the game, and every and everyone was sitting down, and a kid three rows ahead of them was stand was someone was standing up, and then you hear a guy like three rows back go, "Sit the fuck down!" I'm like, "It's the playoffs!" Like there's no. And then why is your team? It's not game five. It's not game five of a, of the regular season where Katie and Kyrie are on load management. Like this is it's a winner go home playoff scenario. Like it blows my mind how they aren't like invest how they aren't aren't invested. Like at that point, put them back in Jersey. I swear yeah. the people of New- the people in Newark are more passionate. Seton Hall basketball fans are more passionate than Brooklyn Net fans. Shout out to Nick Crocker. But, but it's like I just it's just it's it's like kind of disappointing because I even though you know they have I, team so much, but they put on a decent product basketball wise. I mean like the be- no, there's no way to use so much. They're better than the Knicks, and like the Knicks get so much more. Like they're filling out stadiums. So MSG's like, still walking. I will say right now, the Nets had more popularity when they had, like, the Nets you had asses. 2018. No, 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 no. The Nets had asses in the seats when they were still in Jersey, and they had Devin Harris, Brooke Lopez, and fucking E. G. and Leon and Chris Humphreys. And, 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 and we're, talking, we're talking Afro Brooke Lopez. Really, Brooke Lopez. This Brooke Lopez. Like before he started, before he started pulling up threes, like yeah, this is this is a post on the block, Brook Lopez. <laughs> like this was like funda- like Tim Duncan fundamentals, Brook Lopez. Darren Williams too, right? Or no, it's Darren Williams. Yeah, they did, like, they when, did, right? Yeah, they did. They like did. When they first came, when they first came to Brooklyn, they had a good fucking team. They had well, that, Darren that Williams, team, that, they had no, Johnson. They ruined it with the fucking Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade, and I said it when they traded for Harden. It is going to be exactly like that trade because nobody goes to Brooklyn, number one. Number two, James Harden is a fucking drama queen, as well as Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. They were, like, Kevin Garnett's a psychopath. This was a huge thing, and I I don't know where I heard it. I don't know, I may have heard this on Spit and Chickles or something, some other podcast. They were talking about Kevin Durant's podcast where he had Kyrie on, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant both agreed they don't need a head coach. They can coach the team themselves. If you have a team, the players are certain, they're coming out and saying that. Now, granted, you're going to hate me that I said this. LeBron did it in 2016. That's fine. It worked. It, it, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying was considered one of the best coaches in the NBA. What the fuck are you saying? You got it. You got it. Back <laughs> that playoff tape, that whole thing was run by LeBron. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, def- I'm not defending. Like you can't have a guy, you cannot have a guy in a locker room. Because look what happened years, years on. Like people were not, they, they did not, they did not win the finals. That, that just didn't work out. They won it one time. Okay. Uh, 
But I'm talking I'm talking about this Brooklyn Nets team. They have three guys trying to coach the team. Didn't work. James Harden left. Now they got two guys trying to do it. And Kevin Durant, Kyrie played almost. I'm not Styles, but they're not. They're kind of ball dominant. And like, oh, and especially I'm, when I'm watching Kyrie take three dribbles, get to the free throw line, his dribble, and get double teamed and turn the ball over. Like that's not going to work. They're not playing good basketball, and they to win a single game this series because they're just they just weren't a good team. They were not. They playing. didn't. They're. It's it. It's mind blowing that like, the thing is too, I don't expect Ben Simmons to pl- play by the start of next year. At this no. rate, he's fucking pulling. No way. I don't, and I would I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I I don't know if he's gone. Who what knows? If- give fucking give OKC more fucking first round picks because that's all they care about. Just get fucking S trade fucking SGA. Oh, I love SGA. I don't want him to go to Portland. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I love SGA too, and would hate to see him go OKC. to the Nets. But if you want to make it make like logical sense, fucking go with it. Like OKC in twenty forty five is gonna be the greatest basketball team on planet Earth. How many greatest right now are they scouting? <laughs> yeah, like Kendrick Kendrick Perkins said it best on first take. He said Ben Simmons is like that girl in high school oh, that is ve- is very good. Pretty girl in high school, but nobody wants to be around her. Why? Because she's a fucking crazy bitch and s- probably, like, smokes cigarettes. Direct uh, quote. I, I was listening this morning. He goes, Ben Simmons, and he's like, I said, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Ben Simmons is like that pretty girl in high school, and if everyone's shocked he doesn't have a boyfriend. It's because she smokes cigarettes. And you know what? I don't get personally i i get it like i guess what i guess what he's saying but i'm that sounds like a beast thing <laughs> yeah it's fine it is what it is but i understand what he's saying ben simmons just it just doesn't work. no one wants to be around him every team that he's been a part of the process failed and they're much better off without him yeah. and he's playing better basketball but like i just i don't know this just isn't working for me case, like... I, don't, I don't think anyone won that won that trade because look at harden oh. looks fucking terrible i don't know I, we'll get I, to I, I got, but, but you know what? No, no, no. You know what? That's my thing, though. That's my thing. At least Harden's doing something. He could yeah, shoot like, two yeah. for sixteen. But that's, that's four more points than Ben Simmons has put up this whole time he's been in Brooklyn. That's the difference. Yeah. At least Harden's playing. Like, so I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I, 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 but but let's let's stop bashing the let's stop bashing Brooklyn for a second. They put a hell of a series. It, defensively, I mean, they were physical. They were forced. They were tiring out. This Mets team, especially because when you have Kyrie and Katie playing 46 minutes, 48 minutes a night, they were tiring them out. I mean, they, they could beat anyone. They're scared. Tim, remember that bet with Oaks? I think I'm getting my 20 bucks. <laughs> you you're the Celtics? I'll, I'm not surprised. I the dude. Celtics. I seriously. I'm, I'm hot in the Celtics, man. I like, I know like, it's Boston, but dude, the Celtics are Boston. fucking good. Oh, my God. And Marcus Smart. I don't know if he was defensible. Here. He was. No, 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 I mean, like, I don't think he deserved it. Uh, no, he uh, was. But he played a hell of a defensive series, so. I mean, shouts out to them. They they had a great series, and, of course, they play now. Who who they lined up to play? play they're probably going to play Milwaukee. I say whoever wins that series. I say whoever wins that series is representing the Eastern Conference in the finals. Yeah, I don't know. If, uh, it's going to be an interesting one with Milwaukee. I don't know how they're going to shut down. 
Like, honestly, like, I, as much as I want the Celtics to win, how fucking funny would it be if Giannis just, like, rolls through this That's hyped they might do. I know defense that. and oh drops, like, a th- drops yeah, like 30 behind every I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked because this happens. Celtics have a hyped team. They win the first round, like, compl- so easily, and then they roll into a team in the second round, and they just get stopped on. It just happens yeah, so often. But, like, the thing, like, and the thing with Steve Nash, too, like, Steve Nash last year, like, I know Brooklyn was a two-seed last year, and they were somewhat successful, but the fact that he was running, like, offensive... He, it, he was running basically... He was running, like, basically, like, an offensive-defensive offensive, offensive coordinator. Because he had Mike D'Antoni as his... He had Mike D'Antoni as his head coach, as his, as his uh, offense guy, and who was... Uh, I'm trying to think... Uh, what was the guy's name? He, I think he like coached the Nets. He coached the Nets before Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn was like the deep was the defensive guy, and what was Steve like? I don't understand what Steve Nash was like. What what was his role? Did he just control the vibes, or like was he just anything. like a morale guy? Like he didn't do anything. Uh, like, just, kid. <laughs> like I just find it funny how like. How Steve Nash is responsible for two of the biggest busts of super teams. <laughs> That's true. The, the new look Lakers with him, Kobe, and Dwight, and then like that was ever going to work out. And then it was not. And then there was fucking this Nets team, and he was you the head that, coach of. You know what that super team reminds me of a little bit though? The new Lakers right now. Oh my god! Yeah. Go. Uh, but that's that's oh a different story. The, the best. The best is that. Uh, that edit that someone posted and he said should we it, it, it's it's like a graphic of the the late of lebron mellow russ ad and dwight like side to side with katie Kyrie, harden blake griffin and lamarcus aldridge and it says june 3rd 2022 should we just fast forward to the nba finals and yeah, they're both, both teams, done. yeah exactly we win a fucking playoff game like oh, so, <laughs> give me a fucking that's break that. well anyway uh, yeah let's move on i want to talk about this phoenix suns team first of all because Ooh. i'm i'm very anti-phoenix as we're recording this right now a report has came out saying that devin booker by game six or game seven of this series, I don't think so. You said two to th- maybe if they go to game seven, they'll play. But um, that yeah, it it basically said that game six game like unlikely for yeah aiming to return for game six or game seven, but likely game seven if they go to a game seven. Well, yeah, but, they might not. But like they might not, but who knows? They're winning. I think it's almost like the home team is going to win every. That's what it's every starting game to, you from know, this point forward. That's what it's starting to look like. Well, listen. It, the difference was last night why Suns were successful was because Chris Paul actually remembered how to play basketball, and yeah, he's true. He put up twenty two, eleven, and six, and Mikel Bridges was just phenomenal, like thirty one yeah, points. He did really. I mean. Good. Great. So they they played you know they played really good basketball. I just think this problem with this Pelicans team is that they turn the ball over so much, and CJ McCollum, yeah. God bless his soul, takes some of the worst looks I've ever seen from a guy that fight superstar. He'll pull up off one foot, fading from like twenty feet out yeah. with two guys on him. It's Why are you doing coming. that? 
Why are I, you doing I, that? Look past the ball. Find the like fundamentals. <laughs> I want. Yeah, no, that's a terrible shot. Like what? Like don't take that. The, the I watched the, the game last night. Five- father comes out and me what are you doing <laughs> there's a there's a huge there was this whole series was kind of split where you know pelicans kind of came out and they won the third quarter and they won the third quarter again last night but they only won it by two points and that's not going to cut it when you lose 112 to 97 so i think if the pelicans are going to bounce back brandon ingram's got to put up 40 and we, we, we are witnessing the resurgence of brandon ingram because in- my god he had 22 and 5 and 5 last night, but if he, and, and he's, he's been phenomenal. If, if they want any chance at kind of winning this thing, he's got to he take really, over. He's got to take over. And so we'll, we'll see what and happens. You know who's been sneaky good for this Pelicans team? Jose Alvarado. <laughs> I, it's just his defense. He is tiring Chris Paul out. And this is, this is exactly what Brooklyn needed. Like him. He t- he's tiring their superstar out. He's forcing him to make decisions that he doesn't really want to. He's making him uncomfortable. And I don't think yeah. Brooklyn had a guy like that. That's that's the difference in teams like that. Brooklyn didn't have a guy like that. I think the Funny Pelicans could have beat Brooklyn. Wow. I, I mean, seriously. Yep. You know what, like, the funny thing is, though? Like, I, I had the unfortunate displeasure of watching Jose Alvarado in college when he was at Georgia Tech. So he played Duke every year. And he was so fucking annoying. Like, if you're... And in a good, in a good way, though. So, like, if... Like, if he's on your team, you fucking love him. If you're playing against him, you fucking hate him. Like, he's... That's basically what he is. And, like, it's amazing to see, like... I remember him going toe-to-toe with Trey Jones at Duke. And just, like... Th- and it's amazing to see how how far he's come. And it's incredible. It's, inc- I mean, it's incredible to see. Listen, they're, the Pelicans need to... Like, I... I think... I think... Blue Green's kind of cook up some scheme here, some game plan for them to get a little resurgence tonight. I think Monty Williams has done a good job without Devin Booker. He's kind of readjusted the Suns' little system they have where, you know, D-Book puts all, all these shots and he's been really productive. But the only thing, you know, last night, he figured out, you give it to Mikel Bridges, let him drop 31. I mean, they were getting beat. They were trying to this, this, they were trying to do that little double team thing, and they were leaving a guy wide open in the corner, and you can't leave Mikel Bridges wide open in the corner. That's just going to yeah, kill you. Yeah, you can't, yeah. Uh, next series, we got the T Wolves and the Grizzlies. This so far has been probably the series of the entire playoff so far. It has been the most it's, interesting series by a long shot. It's they're 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 just evenly matched. That's and basically what. So many antics from the crowd. It's just, yeah, watch like so many. I don't know the next. Here's the, here's the thing: the Timberwolves are three and zero in protest games. There was another protest where a woman was. Attempting to dress as a, an NBA referee and First go off, up to Glenn. Sh- shouts out to that security guard who was eyeing her down oh from the start. He was watching her. He was watching every move she was going to make. And right as she jumped, he came and sprung over two. He, I think he hurdled a lady. First of all, he hurdled yeah. a lady. He hurdled the owner's wife, I think. Yeah, I think that was Glenn Taylor's wife. And he fucking sacked her. He, he absolutely destroyed her. So. And, uh, also found out some more details on on why they're on why they're why these protesters were doing this. Uh, as far here, basically, well, just just listen. Uh, Glenn Taylor, his uh, chickens caught some flu, caught like a flu, and in order to stop the spread, two, he he had two weeks to flatten the curve. 
but uh, there was the only so he killed he killed the chickens because he didn't want he wanted to stop the spread he wanted to flatten the curve he had two weeks to flatten the curve and the only the only the only problem was he was killing like five point three just five point three million chickens to stop the spread. That's what I heard. A lot of fucking chickens. That's what I heard. It was a lot, yeah, so Peter was not happy with that. You had Glue Girl fucking glue herself out of the thing. You had Chain Girl chain herself to the hoop in Memphis. And then you had this one woman who her her goal was to hop onto the court and dress as an NBA referee, blow a whistle, stand in front of Glenn Taylor, and eject her. Eject him from the game. What <laughs> shit I have ever heard. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like what? How did they come up with that and just think that's gonna work? Like, yeah, I'm just gonna impersonate the ref and just throw him out and like, like what makes that who's like, yep, number one. What makes him think like that they aren't being watched? Like, I just honestly like, after after actor, well, they didn't really fail, but like, I mean, I, well, the I message is obviously the- getting. Their message, no, it's getting across because all this pub, like this publicity, and it's like, I, it, but this is just, it, some of it's funny. Like I'm starting it's to find some of it a little hilarious. <laughs> How fucking funny would it have been if we saw that woman if she wasn't tackled, just like go up to Glenn Taylor in a referee costume and be like, "You get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> in the world is that doing? Like, what is that solving? Like, it's funny, but. <laughs> like, it's are it's teeing, comedy, but it literally solves nothing. Though. You're teeing up an owner. Like, I don't know what the fuck he, like. Glenn Ta- hey, Glenn Taylor had two weeks to flatten the curve, and he did it. <laughs> I'll tell I, you, though, well, watch that video of, of the lady getting tackled for, like, 30 straight minutes. Oh, my God. So it was funny. So she got destroyed. Yeah, so that was the oh perfect form tackle that been a menace in football. <laughs> so I mean, for a nice he, fumble, you know, recovered for a touchdown. God. He got. He wrapped her up. He brought her down, and then her to come on the court. I mean, I he, he had her eye on her the whole time. He knew exactly <laughs> oh what he was on. So the Grizzlies have a chance to cl- have a chance to win the series on Friday, and a possible Game Seven will happen on Sunday. So we will see what will happen with that. I Moving on, the series has gotten very interesting. The Sixers and the Raptors. Call me crazy. But I'm gonna say it. I think the Raptors are gonna do it. <laughs> no, you're a moron. They're toying with them right now. They're team. They're gonna win. The Sixers are playing. Okay. Awesome. Get on our big announcement. Down for my thing. Every. You know what? No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Do that. Stan, we'll make a little wager. We'll make a little. Uh, think that. You think the Raptors are going to win the series? You think they're seriously? Going to... It's a possibility. It's a possibility. No, no, no. no. You, you would you think they're going to win the series. Your... I'm not good at. Uh, all right, I do. I do think they're going to win Game Six, Game Seven. I don't know. All right, why don't we see what happens in Game Six if they win? Yeah. Let's see what happens in game six. Game six, I'll make a I'll make a little friendly wager with you or something stupid for uh I whatever this is. Game seven. If I have to if I have to run a mile again. Like around I was just gonna say, do another <laughs> No. We'll think of something stupid, but uh <laughs> Yeah, we'll think of something stupid. 
Uh, if I pay anyway. attention to some basketball, I'd totally hop in this. But, <laughs> anyway, but I, uh, I, the Sixers, they had a chance to, they had a chance to sweep, and it didn't happen. They are now, they're winning the fucking series. <laughs> You're the, oh wow, oh my god! I hate Phil- why, why, why would I want to root for a Philadelphia team? Like, why would I? <laughs> Fuck Philly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why would I want to? They're gonna win. Like, I'm not. Why would I be like, yeah, go Philly? No, I just think they're gonna win. Wow. You, wow. Embiid's playing. Embiid's playing hurt. Yeah, but Embiid is playing hurt with a torn ligament in his thumb. Yeah, but Scotty Barnes is out. Look like Scotty Barnes was playing. Oh, he yeah yeah he is back. You're right. <laughs> Scotty Barnes is playing. I, the, the Raptor. I think the Raptors didn't have Van Fleet their last game, and they That's still managed to they still managed to blow him out by. By, by a lot. I, I'm not good at math. That was, that was in Philly, right? No, that way, in Philly. It was one. It was 103 to 88. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I still think they're gonna. What, what, what's the next wow. series? Because this Bucks Bulls series is over, in my opinion. Bucks are. Just... Oh, uh, do you want an update right now? Yeah. Uh, as as we speak right now, end of the first quarter, 34-18 Milwaukee. Yeah. So let's just. Good run, Chicago. You need to make a lot yeah. of adjustments next year because you're terrible against playoff teams. So, yeah, dude, come on. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's, it, it, no. it, that's that. And like, they, I, I, I know they got, I know they got screwed with injuries, but like, like Levine got COVID for the fourth time. What is he <laughs> doing? Guy, can someone, can someone tell me what he's doing? I think it's just strip club that ridden of COVID. Like, it's it's luck. The guy's the guy's vaccinated. He's playing in Canada. Like he played in Canada this year. He's is the strip club. Is the strip club like that COVID ridden? Like, just, just stop. <laughs> and Caruso, Alex Caruso's in concussion protocol, and we all know Demar Derozan's not going to carry this team. Like, come on. The frozen, yeah, yeah, they're dumb. The frozen, yeah, come on. Uh, moving on, Warriors Nuggets. Uh, Warriors are closing out. Is it tonight? Right. They're gonna, tonight. But I thought the Warriors were going to sweep, and then Jokic happened and reminded me why he is the MVP this year. Sorry, MVP. Shouldn't be, but he is. Yeah, he shouldn't be. shouldn't be, but he is. Shouldn't be, but he is. But I just think that now we have now we have the Splash family. I know. You'd be a, you'd be a fool not to take them. Oh, yeah. Like, I said, like, I know we called them the Splash family with Kevin Durant, but turns out he was just a cancer. But they actually have the, the, the Splash Brothers have a the Splash Brothers have a, have a nephew. It's Jordan Poole. They got to worry about Jordan Poole has just they just been. And was it two summers from now? They really got to focus on getting yeah, him back. And they will. And He's that's the like next guy. Well, that depends if they win or not. They got to they got to win. I don't know. We'll see what happens. To, it's it's good to see the Warriors back in the playoffs, though. I think that. Fuck you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't I like, think it's. You think I? You uh, think I like Golden State? You think I like? You think I like what I had to deal with those last those times I had to deal with Golden State? You think I enjoyed that? I mean, I, I guess. No. <laughs> oh, I did not. You think I like JR? Uh, thinking that the game they're up one. <laughs> think I enjoyed that? I mean, okay, I don't think. All right, you, you as a Cavs fan, but me as a Knicks fan that hasn't made the playoffs. Once, True. Uh, True. In like uh, as just like a basketball enthusiast, I think it's... we can we can go over their off season for an hour, like for hours. We could talk about this next off season. Yeah, yeah. So um, we, I mean we can we can talk about what this they 
their off season for like hours. So we'll, we'll, we'll I don't know. This this is gonna be an interesting off season for the Knicks, but I think. What the Heat won the series. Hawks are done, so that's yeah, not a. Sh- and it go- they didn't even play Jimmy Butler because he was. That's how they. That's how they. They didn't even take him seriously. Like doesn't matter. Yeah, Trey Young, Trey Young looked terrible. Kevin Knox had more points than him. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah come on, come on. And this this Mavs then, series is. It's is, the most it boring. Like it, 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 I don't like it, 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 it puts out a good product, the, but not a fun to watch product. I'll tell you that much. Well, you saw that play that he did with Gobert. Yeah, I when he was like underneath the basket and he pumped fake like eight different times, and then he just put it in. I'm so sad with Gobert being like praised, dude. You're only—he's one of the good. worst. Like, I'm not, yeah, he's not even good anymore. No, no, the NBA always praises him like one of the oh, best defensive. Yeah. You don't do anything. Like, you can't even yeah. shut down guys down. I. I that that Jazz series is over. Mavs are going to take that one home. I guarantee that. Yeah, like it took it took the Mavs one game to adjust with Luca. Yeah. Like, come on. So now Jalen Brun- Brunson's going to get a bag where he goes. Oh, preferably yeah. the Knicks. Preferably the Knicks, where they fire Tom Thibodeau and then hire Jay Wright. And then... wow, this offseason is a complete transformation. <laughs> for what guys, yeah, this isn't this, this is not Knicks culture. I guarantee nothing changes. <laughs> Got to bring Mitchell yeah, Robinson but... back, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's a first. Yeah, we can talk Knicks yeah. basketball all we want. I, I can talk Knicks basketball for now. But they're not, they're not current right now. They're not in the current news right now. So we'll. I'm only dreaming. Always but anyway, news. they're always in the current news. That is true. But moving on, we got the Knicks. We got baseball. We're gonna start with the Mets. Tim, today the Mets got into the first benches clearing brawl of this baseball season, and Tim. I, like to, I, I just want. I want to start you, with. Hold on, the floor. I'm I'm surprised it took them that long to clear the benches. I know. Yeah. Nine, okay, For what's been going? I know. Yeah. They, so, they, Tim, you have the they, floor. You have the floor. They they lead the MLB in hit by pitches with 19 now. I, I believe it's 19, which is egregious. Like that just doesn't happen. Okay. And I, if I'm a player, I'm like Starling Marcher said. I'm a little fed up with this. Stop hit like and and where they're getting hit is not places. You know they're not getting where you should be. In the ribs and the foot. They're getting hit. Upstairs towards the face, it's happened multiple times. Yeah, I know there's other, right. people, you know, again, it's not, it's not good. And you know what? Like I love Arenado as a player, but what? Like what are you doing today? Like that didn't even hit you. It just brushed you off the plate. Like yeah. it didn't even. But Arenado is not a guy to fuck with. I'll tell you that. No. I don't. I, I do not care. I mean, they, like this, this is getting a little, a little absurd. Like every time, the I don't. It's not even like make them feel uncomfortable at this point. It's just like. Shine they're just showing them blatant disrespect, like they're just hitting them. And I and I was listening to like it's listening. To, I was listening to the uh, mic'd up first, what first thing of the year when there was second game. Yeah. Game they were playing Washington when the door got hit in the face. He was before that bad. All he's talking about to Ruiz and the umpires is about his wife his and kids. Family. Game. His family's so excited to see him. He gets nailed in the face. Like I'm so sick of this bullshit. Stop throwing at them. Like, wh- like why? I get it. Like I-, I know why they're throwing at the Mets, but like it's 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 over with. It's done. Your points got across. There's no need to continue hitting them because 19 hit by pitches now at this yeah. stage. Like that's over hit it's by it's over hit by pitch a game. That- it's not accomplishing anything too. Like it it'll just lead to like the Mets getting more injured, which is just mad. It, it's You're ridiculous. throwing them like up by the head. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. that's not where you throw. And I'm it's getting I'm good. getting a little fed up. Especially because they lost. Love seeing a little Stephen Matz blow up. I hate Stephen Matz, so that's always fun to see. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the fake account full Steve Cohen? 
What is that? <laughs> some fake, some fake account fooled Steve Cohen about uh, if I can find, if oh, I can find this. Whoever it's goes, Stephen Matz, it's a yeah. free car. <laughs> He goes, this guy goes, per source, Steve Cohen walked through the visiting clubhouse in St. Louis last night and made it clear that any Mets player who hits a home run off Steven Matz today will get a new car. To which Steve, to which it was talked about on, on Tiki and Tierney on WFAN. They got fucking duped. And then Steve Cohen. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Cohen said, interesting, given that I've never been to St. Louis in my life. <laughs> That's a little funny. Oh, my God. To which he goes, clearly fell for something. What is that account? And then Frank Fleming goes, he is a parody account. Follow me. I am real. <laughs> Frank the Tank. You're, uh, Met- Fucking Marshall love Met- Frank. But, uh- Fucking love Frank the Tank. I, I even though the Mets lost tonight, I love the situation they're in. I love the baseball they're playing. I, mean, hey, I love I as love a, as, a non, I, as a non-biased baseball fan. I, I like the vibes out of Queens. I love I love what happened baseball. the other night when they were down and two I, nothing and in I the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, and two outs and they had a little magical crazy. run there. I mean that's I, that, I, good. A great teams, magical teams, beat closers on occasion. They need. And I know all you Met fans are like very hopelessly optimistic when it comes to like winning games at the that. These times of the year where you're like, I'm not, where you're just waiting for that collapse to happen. Because Tim, you know. Oh, I know. I've said it before. It's it, you're you always have that in the back of your mind where you know it's coming. But uh, I honest, I it's, it's I'm, love, I'm liking the I'm liking the vibes out of Queens. It's, it's it, different this year. I don't know what I don't know I, what it is. And I will say this: like I don't hate the Mets. Like my grandpa's a Met fan. Like w- w- like when the Mets were in the World Series back in '15, like I was very happy for for Met fans because, you know, especially my grand, like, my grandfather got to go. We 2000 we weren't, really, yeah. Born, born, but right? anyway. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, will, I will say that baseball is better when both teams in New York are doing very well. well and that's the situation is, that we have today. Yeah, which is you, you want to talk about that? How about Anthony Rizzo hitting three bombs the other oh, day? Yeah. What a, it was a great day to be Italian last night. I, I ruled New York last night. I do want to talk about the... We'll, we'll get to Rizzo. I do want to talk about the Guardian series. The Yankees fucking sweat the Guardians. I'll tell you what. The Bronx Zoo is back. And here's the thing. I don't I do not commend throwing objects such as beer cans onto the field. I think oh, it's they were wrong. letting them have it. They uh, were letting them have I think, it. I, I, I don't think, like, I don't think there's a place. Was so messed yeah. up. I, I don't I don't commend it. But here's the thing with Yankee fans. If you give them an inch, they're giving you a mile. <laughs> and that's yep. exactly what my like that's exactly what Miles Straw did. And it yep. wasn't even like that bad. Like, they were just, like, screaming at Stephen Kwan to get up after he crashed into the wall in that IKF double. But I just, and he just, like, he literally tried to, like, instigate something. He literally, Straw literally went up to the fan and was like, hit me, motherfucker, hit me. And the fan, I I, want to find that guy. And I just want to get, I just want to give him a, I just want to give him a nice, firm handshake. Because he did the best thing ever. (laughs) He did the... He did the backwards pussy signal. <laughs> People are Whisper calling that. it. What, what I, I don't know. He, 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 I don't know. <laughs> like, I gotta get quiet so God can't hear me. What the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> he gave the backwards pussy signal, and 
people are and the people I'm part of might take and now people are calling it everywhere. They're calling it the Bronx Pussy, and I, I'm 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 here for it. I, I'm a big f- dude. I'm, I'm all for it. Usually it's this, but now I'm I'm all for this. But I I just like the fact that I, someone said it best on Twitter. I'm trying to I'll try to find it, and it pretty much goes with my beliefs. Like. Yes, like I, I think throwing objects onto the field is very wrong, and now if I can, it's cool when yeah. you throw them at your Fa- own team, though. <laughs> fans, what? Oh, fans shouldn't throw always, things uh... on the field. Oh yeah, fans shouldn't throw things on the field, but players shouldn't climb the wall either. But everyone's gonna forget that he climbed the wall and got in a fan's face. But yeah, yeah but that's true. Yeah. It, 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 it just. I mean, what like one act from fans doesn't represent the entire fan base? Because I know Yan- Yankee fans on like the big Yankee fans on Twitter, but like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, stop! Yeah, like it's not, it's not, it doesn't, it's not worth it. It doesn't make sense, and it's uh, I don't know why Cleveland fans are trying to hype it up like this. Like this is like one big thing. Like we have a new rivalry now with. The Guardians. It's literally. I think everyone's gonna hug each other come July second through July fourth. Like every like stop, stop it. But anyway, moving on. The, the Yankees. Uh, who knows? The Yankees had a big have. Basically, now they have they have a series with the Orioles. They won yesterday on Anthony Rizzo. The oh my. I'm gonna say it. He's an early MVP candidate. Right now, yes, he is. Yeah, but like... I, I, I'm not saying he's going to win it. Clearly, it's Buxton right now. <laughs> no, but like... So, we're, we're like 20 games into 162 I, games. I, I know. I, <laughs> let me enjoy something. The Yankees... Like, let You're me enjoy this. I'm not... I'm, not I'm just saying, like... I, I, I know like Tyler McGill is what... Favorite for the... He's not winning. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I, I just I I think he had three home runs. Now, still I know they were very short, but you know a home run's a fucking home run. I'm, I'm glad yeah, that Joey Gallo, there. Joey Gallo, has finally came. He had a whole, he had a huge He's home run. Finally doing something. He's doing something. I, like, I loved how they gave him the silent treatment too. That was I, that that was good. That, that was, was great. Good. And Isaiah Connor Falefa. I know we we who he's he's probably one what of our best hitters. DJ DJ LeMay who's back at full strength. Like yep. everyone like know. everything everything's coming together and Garrett Cole had a great outing on Sunday. Like I think that Seppi was perfect through what was it, four and two thirds? Through he was perfect through uh he was perfect through five and a third. Oh it was five and a third, that's what it was, yeah. Oh no! Wait, no, no, no! He was perfect through four oh, and two thirds, and then he yeah. had a no hitter through five and a third. Yeah, yeah. But I- I'm liking what I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Like, look at Mike King, Mike King. I I said I said this la- I said this last year because remember there was a good period of time where Mike King was starting a few games as like an opener per se, and he always got rocked. And I always said, like, if Mike King can control his stuff. He's going to be dominant, and then he learned that he learned the Kluber ball from Corey Kluber when he was with the Yankees last year, and he's been he's been fucking incredible. 
That's what helps so much about having like a veteran pitcher in the locker room. There. Exactly. Well, yeah, like, like especially it's... when you have two. When you have like, I'm not. I'm not saying the Mets. I'm just talking in general. Like when you look at all these great pitching staffs, they have like all these really, really good guys who are. I don't want to say really bonded together, but they share information. You get different pitches, different pitch grips, and pitchers get better surrounded by good pitchers. Like that's just a fact. That, that's, see it all the time. that's why I'm so interested and, uh, to see when Degrom comes back because I saw. Yeah. We're just talking like in between every inning. I'm like, I love, I love what Scherzer's doing with these pitchers. I love what he's doing. He's pulling, and he's a roll nutcase. Oh, I'll yeah. say he's a Met fan. He's yeah. a oh, he's crazy. But he, I love what he's doing. He's pulling these guys from the corner. He's like, watch what's going on after his outing. I mean, he's he's bringing everyone together. He's giving them little tips and tricks. I don't know. Scherzer's great for the Mets, and they're 14 and six right now, sitting second in the entire MLB, and they're waiting for. They got guys coming off. Tywin Walker's coming back, and the Grom when he comes back. I mean, they are just going to get better. So we'll see what happens. I love what they're doing. They've won the first six series. They haven't done that ever. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I, loving we it. We do. Right now. We do have to talk about Nestor Cortez. My, that hustle. Dude, oh. we got a one-two. We got a one-two-three punch in our fucking rotation. Man, we got Nestor. We got Cole. We got Sevy. Like no Trevor May. Trevor May, <laughs> Trevor so May, bad. Trevor May was gonna bad. be a wanted man. He's at least he knows he. At least he knows he's bad. Like, did you see what he tweeted? Yeah, he's not. He's not a good pitcher. <laughs> like, I, I, I really at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm just, compl- I've lost total faith in Trevor May. Like, I, I thought I lost faith last year. This is completely different. This is a worse Trevor, like a worse, a worse Trevor May. And I thought he was bad last year. So, uh, but anyway, I, I, there, if I'm trying to, trying to think of. Anything else with baseball? I mean, uh, well, I just well, I don't want to, but all I want to say is, Aroldis Chapman. He's been good. He's been. He he's been he's he's been he's I'm satisfied with his performances. Okay, very I also want to, and I, and I, and I also want to say something, and in the light of nothing, Edwin Diaz. Are you? I'm guessing you're. I'm guessing you're satisfied as well. I am more than satisfied. He hasn't done the stupid thing. He hasn't that stupid thing where someone hits a 480 foot bomb and he points his finger up in the air. Ball. It's a fly ball outside the stadium. Some guy in the parking lot's gonna catch it. Are you kidding me? He's pointing up as his ball is just going. Yeah, oh he's done. And he leaves that stupid little hanging slider right over the heart of the plate. All they have to do is sit back and just watch it go. And he points his fucking finger up, and he turns around, and he looks, and he puts his hand out because he knows that's 600 feet out of the, out of the ballpark. I hate that he did that. He has his this year. I'm so happy. So let's see if everything stays as it should because I'm yeah, so but... sick of that stupid little fucking point, and it's way gone. <laughs> but, anyway, all right. So with the baseball talk done, Actually, I, I just do... want to mention one oh. thing. Baseball. Okay. Angel Hernandez is so bad. Did you guys see oh. him? Why do they re-up so him every time? Uh, I don't know. Because they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid. Is, that Schwar- we'll, is he working with Schwarber? We'll yeah. get to. We'll, brutal. we'll get to Angel Hernandez on our on our segment our, on our segment after the interview. But now I want to get to. It's mock season, baby. We're finally talking yeah, about football. It feels good. Let's roll through this. Let's roll through this. We're going to roll through this. I, I think it, the future of New York football is right now. It starts tomorrow. I cannot wait. 
Chargers will reveal gets better tomorrow. So what? Do, what do, you want to give our top? Want to give our top fifteen and just do that, and then we'll on point of the rest. Why don't we yeah. just roll through the top fifteen? Yeah. So, do I, I'll start, or do you want to go one? one? We'll go one. We read fifteen off, and then we'll go. We'll go fifteen down to one. Okay. So. So, fifth, do you want to start with one? Wait. Uh, you know what? Yeah, let's start with one, go to 15. Just start with one, go to 15. Yeah, let's start with one, go I to think, 15. I right. think we're both dead set on one. I think we both know who. Yes. It is a tough, it is gonna, it's gonna be a tough decision. Although there are reports saying that they're very 50 50 between Walker and Hutchison, but I really think that Trayvon Walker is gonna get picked. Walker, yeah, they made that he's, a clear. <laughs> he, I mean, he's big, he's elite. He's got, in the national championship game, he had a career high of seven. Of seven, uh, seven presses, pressures, excuse me, but I, I just think that I, I, that's what that's what all the mock Jags are saying. He's gonna go, he's gonna go number one. I, I thought uh, even honestly. the Jags were kind of. <laughs> so, yeah, like within yeah, like the, within like the past few weeks. I also, think he's going number one. They have they have no they have no reason to smoke screen. You're the number one overall pick. What's the point of faking anyone out? It doesn't. Yeah, yeah like it doesn't. But like the thing. But like, thing is though, like, if I'm not mistaken, like he hasn't real, like he didn't really play much last year. The defense was still elite. I could be spreading false information. I don't think I don't know if he didn't play. I just think his production wasn't that high. Yeah, his production like wasn't good. I think but I don't stats, know. No, he, it wasn't. Stats weren't fantastic. And the thing is though, like a, a few that's such some. A, that's yeah, so hard. To something like. must have happened on his pro day where like. Because a few weeks ago he was like thirty to one to be the first pick. Now he's like three to one to be the first pick. Yeah, those were his odds. So th- something must have happened. At number two, I have personally the the best, honestly, probably the best player in the draft in Aiden Hutchinson. I, I think. Yeah, I. The guy. I think. I, it's, it's, I think that's one or two. I think that's that's pretty yeah, much one no, or two. I, th- I think one and two are kind of decided. It's just whether who's going at one. It's a mat. Yeah. And I mean, Hutchinson, Hutchinson. He's so polished. His game is. Oh yeah. Pro ready. There's like, no. It's. It's not even that, like Raw. Looks like an NFL edge rusher. Like they just he yeah. just does. And he just he steps up in the big games. Like he pressure he had 15 pressures against against Ohio State. And he fucking dominated that game. And he got three three sacks in three different games as a senior against very good teams in Washington, Penn State, and in Ohio State as well. I, I like if you just and people just t- it's unlike Walker, but like you've seen you've heard it like all year, like that guy that that kid's gonna go top three. No matter what. So and, and, and he I think he's rightfully solidified as one or two. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Now, this is where it gets this is where it gets a little trick. So it gets this so it's get this so it gets choppy. <laughs> so personally, I, I uh, yeah, it's who do you, who do you got going thing. here? I got Derek Stingley. I got Derek See, Stingley. Have, and to I be have, honest, I have Sauce Gar. You have so okay. So here's the thing with Derek Stingley. Like he, as a true friend, this is how talented he is. Not a knock on Sauce Gardner at all. I think he's the best corner in the draft, without a doubt. I, but, I, yeah, one hundred percent. But I, I just have a feeling that, like it, it, Derek Stingley was on that that championship team at LSU, and he had the highest coverage rate in the country as a true freshman. Like, 
That's just things you don't that's, see. That's, that's things you don't see every day. That's but fucking I, good. This, this is the problem with this draft, though, because like, I I could either see him going like three, four, or like like fifteen. He's a yeah, yeah. Like there's there's so many good players that it's like they could literally go anywhere outside of the top two. I, I like he's like he's had a forty percentage for his career and he's been starting since his freshman year of college like come on but i think i think sauce is just the better i think sauce is the better corner i think he's more Uh, i feel like he just i don't know it's when you watch him play he's just such an x factor on the ball i don't know i can pull up some stats from him but like and i I do have sauce gardner at four going to the jets so you're welcome to him i have jermaine johnson i don't know i don't understand why people are so high on jermaine johnson it's the it's not people even coming out and saying that he was he was working out with them. He's been down at the facility. Why the what? Like this was out of left. This was kind of out of left field for me. I understand his his production yeah. was super high at Forest State. Like it was it was you know he was in stats at least. But like yeah. I don't know. I I mean so I'm gonna yeah. go with the reports are saying Sauce, Sauce Gardner. Take. Sauce Gardner for those who have not watched college football at all. Sauce Gardner is possibly the best cornerback in the draft. He's never allowed a time. And in the biggest game of his career against Alabama, he only allowed four catches on 14 yards against the, in my opinion, one of the best receiving cores in the country at Alabama. Wild, which wild. is fucking wild. And 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 I mean, like no one, no one, school. Like also, you hear they're moving to the Big 12. I did not know that. That's good for them. That's that's they're a lot better. Bro. So they're yeah, that's that's big for them. It's going to be Cincinnati. UCF, and I'm forgetting the other one. Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are going to the Big 12. That's good. Because isn't isn't like Texas leaving or something? Texas and Oklahoma are leaving for the 24-25 season. So, So Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU are joining in 2023. Okay. The twenty the the twenty three twenty four season, but still sticking with draft talk. I think Sauce Gardner is one of, is one of if not the best. I think he's player of this draft. It could be best corner of the draft. Definitely. Yes, yes. I think Definitely. I think. Oh, I'm gonna go. So so right now we both have Trayvon Walker one. We both have Aiden Hutchinson two. Yes. I have Sauce Gardner three. You have Stingley. You have Sauce Gardner four. Yes. I have Jermaine Johnson four. Go to the Giants. Uh, you'd break no, my no. heart. Giants go to the Jets at four. Oh, oh, to the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're at five. This is this is where things get interesting because you're a Giants fan, right? Yes. I want the Jets to get Jermaine Johnson. I'm an Oregon this biased. Is bi- I don't. This is I don't very think biased. Problems, but this is this is bias for you. Let me see who you think you're taking. I got Evan Neal, and yeah, here's and- why. Here's why. I think Evan Neal, and I know there's Charles Cross, and I know there's Iki Ikwanwu. I think Evan Neal is the best offensive lineman in this draft. You know what? You want to hear what I have to say about that? I saw, I saw that guy in the combine. But you want to know what I have to say about that? I think he's so good. You can get him at seven. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, you could. You you could. But they're in a good. They're in a. The Giants are in a good spot where the Panthers. And I'll reveal my six. Six. My six. Panthers. I have them taking Malik Willis because they've already let Sam Darnold know. Okay, so this I is because I, I have Malik Willis going to the Giants. I think 
they bought in all those, again, like I said earlier, they bought in all those Buffalo you're guys. You're, you're breaking a lot of people's hearts saying that, but you're not breaking mine, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they, they brought in all those Buffalo guys. He's built like, a, like Josh Allen. He's big, he's strong, he has the arm talent. I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like he can fit that system for some, I know this isn't a huge, like, huge talented quarterback, I know, but I, you can yeah. hit on some of these guys. He's got the arm talent to be a superstar, so I got him. Yeah, but, but for those who don't know with Evan, Evan Neal, was the number one offensive tackle coming out of high school, and he allowed zero pressures on 58 plus pass blocking attempts, which is fucking unheard of. Yeah, in high school? No, in college against Texas oh. A&M this year, a game that Alabama lost, but still doesn't matter. And That's he, ridiculous. and within the entire playoffs in two, 2020, had he was only pressured once. Like, Jesus. the guy's I mean, a fucking yeah. freak. Well. And then with you have Malik with, Willis going six, I have Akimik. Are you? Name, but I have him going Wong six. Really? Yeah, I, re- I really think I really think the Panthers are going quarterback though. Honestly, they're gonna go. They they sold Sam. They're like, don't be shocked if we take a quarterback. The thing is, I don't think I think they're gonna focus on that old line. They've had a shitty old line this, this their whole time as as you know, Sam Darnold's been there. I think they're really gonna try and I'm not gonna say test for agency. There's not really much out there, but. Stick with Donald for a year, maybe build the O line, then go back and get him. Also, I think this is like not a huge talented quarterback class where they could wait to the second round to make it. It is yeah, yeah. Here's here's my hot take for the second round. Do not be shocked if the Tennessee Titans take a guy like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell, and here's why. Well well this because... this is what I gotta say about that. If 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 you're a Titans fan and, and they're taking a quarterback, you you have to be ready to be a terrible football team for like three years. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But here's the thing. Tannehill turns 34 in July. He's not going to be there for long. And I I, I think I think it's time. And you got, if you can keep A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry and you're throwing in a guy like Ritter or Howell in there, they're set. They're set. We'll see how that happens. So that, well, that, I, we'll see what... We'll see what happens. We'll see what so we'll pick. Are, are we on set? Are we on number seven now? Yeah, because I have Akeem going six. Or I just did. I think he's for some. I know Evan Neal is probably the highest rated, but I think people are saying Akeem's most potential. I think a lot of teams are. I don't know why I would take Evan Neal over him one hundred percent, but oh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's for him. I, I can see either this could go either way here because now I have Evan Neal going seven to the Giants. So either okay. way, they get Evan Neal. And now, who yes. do you have Giants taking? I got Kayvon Thibodeau. I I followed this kid since he was in high school. I think Kayvon Thibodeau, like I knew he was gonna be a, I knew he was gonna be a top pick. And to think that if you were to tell little old eighth grade me that the Giants were were gonna get Kayvon Thibodeau, I'd be ecstatic. And I'm ecstatic right now as a 19 year old as a 19 year old man. Like the guy, the guy had had. He's unreal. Nineteen pressures within a two-week span, which is ridiculous. So he's, good. he had three sacks in the Pac-12 title game, although it was a blowout because I don't know how, but Utah just like owned Oregon somehow. Oh, but yeah, whatever it happened, whatever, leave it. Tim's <laughs> <laughs> a big Oregon guy. I'm I'm That's sorry, but like the guy's just a freaking nature, and the and I, like the Giants, they badly need an edge rusher. They need a they they need a pass rush. And I've been listen. I've been Leonard Williams can't hold can't be on be, be on the load. 
I've been I've been high on Thibodeau this whole season. I think he's probably the most potential out of all these prospects. He is the guy that is going to either be I'm not gonna say he's be bad, but he could be the best player out of this draft, one hundred percent. Yeah. The issue now is a lot of these teams are saying that he's got character issues and a lot of teams are questioning his love for the game. A lot of these GM saying I don't even think he likes playing football compared to a lot of yeah. these other guys. So I'm I'm not gonna that's why he I think he's gonna drop because he was at one point it was him and Hutchinson for number one. Now we're talking about him dropping all the way down to the seventh or ten territory. Yeah. And I'm following up. I have Thibodeau going eight. So I have him in the seven eight territory too. Wow. I think I think he's wow. you know he's he's just falling all the way down the board. I don't know know the man so I don't really know what his characters are I just think him as a player when he is on he is probably the best edge rusher in the draft I think he's so athletic he's so he just he gets to the quarterback so easily but I, I don't yeah issues are all field issues I'm, I'm locker room issues we're getting with him I mean he's dropping board he's like a Jamarcus just, Russell maybe just gonna go a little bit quicker because just for time reasons uh eight nine I got Charles Cross and Icky Okonwu Okay. And then I mean, nine, at ten, nine, I have. Okay. But uh, 10, I, 10, 11, I got Drake London going to the Jets. And then I got Kyle Hamilton going to the Commanders. The Commander, uh, the Redskin, the Redskins Commanders football team. But uh, yep, that's, that's your favorite. <laughs> I, got, uh, yeah. I got Drake London to the Jets and Garrett Commanders Redskins football team. Ooh, okay. I like that, uh, Garrett Wilson. So, 12-13, I have Jermaine Johnson going to the Vikings. And I have a trade at 13. I have the Texans swapping pick number 13 to the Chiefs for pick number 29. I have the Chiefs taking Jamison Williams, who will be a big who will be a big up a big replacement for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Was that 12-13 you have? 12-13, yes. What were you 12-13? Oh, Jermaine Johnson and Jameson Williams. Yep, and my twelve thirteen is Trent McDuffie and Kyle Hamilton. Ooh. I have okay. Hamilton's uh, and McDuffie to uh, Washington. Uh, to, uh, what's it? Vikings. Uh, we'll go 14, 15, 16, and then we'll just do, like, notable players, like, in, like, the later first round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 14, I have Trevor Penning going to the Ravens as the Orioles just tied the game on an Anthony Santander homer. But anyway, uh, Trevor Penning, who looked phenomenal during senior bowl workouts and all that. Uh, Garrett Wilson going to the Eagles. And then I have Chris Olave going to the Saints. Wow. This is going to be a little interesting one. I know this is – I'm not a fan of my mock draft that I made if I had to go, go change a couple things. But right now I have Jordan Davis going 14. Jameson Williams at 15, and I have Charles Cross at 16. Oh, wow. A lot of yes, people are saying that Cross is the, is the best lineman in the draft. That's, well, that's I want him to be a little bit higher on my board. That's why I yeah. think he's so Where do you have Olave going? Me? I have Olave. Uh, I'm going 19th. Oh, okay. To, uh, to the Saints. Okay. The Saints, yeah. So, so some notable players. Terrence, you'll like this. Jordan Davis going 17 Love to the that. Chargers. Love that. should be should be a good one. What do you have Linderbaum? Uh, Linderbaum, I have him. I have him going to the Packers at twenty two. Twenty three to the Arizona. I have Carl Leftis going to the Cardinals, the edge rusher from Purdue. Uh, wow. So twenty six to Tennessee. Oh shit! 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going too much. Uh, I will say. Who's the thirty-second pick? And you have going thirty-second. That's all I want to know. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Sam Howell. Thirty-second <laughs> overall. All right. Anyway, I will. You pick it coming home at twenty. I have Pickett coming home at 20. All right, Pickett's we agree home, on that. That's, that's all. He's, he's coming home. Pickett's going home. I yeah. dude, Laura loves Kenny Pickett. I love Kenny Pickett. Who? 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 Uh, never mind. I love I love Kenny Pickett. But uh, I, I, I don't know who that is, Terrence. But uh, I, I, uh, I love Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. I, I Honestly, I think he has a high – I know Willis has picked higher, but I think that he has a high – I think he has a higher ceiling than Willis. The situation. No way. I think. No. Here. The situation. The situation. The situation. The Panthers suck. The Steelers. Why even go to the Giants? They they sneak their way (laughs) in there. They sneak their way in there. Every year. They fucking sneak their way in there. You're talking player ceiling. I think production this year, yeah, he'll probably be. I'm just talking player ceiling evaluation. I think Malik Willis by far has the highest ceiling of any of these quarterbacks. He has an arm okay. like, he's an arm like Josh Allen. The accuracy a little bit like Allen did. Allen struggled in the beginning of his career with accuracy. He's a, he's yeah. decently mobile. I mean, I just think he's he's a good quarterback. He was yeah. saved by Brian Dayball, who is going to be saving Daniel Jones, or in Tim's case, Malik Willis. But yeah, the future of New York football will be determined tomorrow. So I do want to bring up the NHL. We're on the home stretch. May 5th coming up. Should be a good one. It's almost the Rangers, meaningless at this point for the Rangers. It's, and, it's, it's meaningless at this point, but yeah. I just think that... This is set in stone right now. This is 100% set in stone. Well, yeah. Rangers finish second. in Carolina's yeah. first. What we don't yes. know is if Washington is going to take over... Now, who are the Rangers going to play? Now, if you're a Ranger fan, who do you who would you rather play? Would you rather play Pittsburgh or Washington? And with the way Washington's playing right now, I know they lost the Islanders last night because Ove- Ovechkin's yeah. out, but he'll be back. I still want to play Pittsburgh. I still want to play Pittsburgh. I want I, I want Pittsburgh. And it's like it's yeah. so it's crazy it's crazy to me how we had like a rebuild for five years and like the like the last time we were in the playoffs, which was 2017, and there were still guys like Crosby and Ovechkin. Dominating the Eastern Conference, and now we're after a five-year rebuild, and we're in the playoffs. And Crosby and Ovechkin are still in the Eastern Conference, making an impact in the playoffs. Crosby, how many years in a row? Like like twelve, thirteen years in a row. It's ridiculous. I hate I hate the Penguins more than I hate the Islanders. I, I'll say, I hate the Penguins. I hate the Penguins. I hate the Penguins so much. Like I hate I, Philly. I'm I just so happy they're terrible. I, I know, but I I just think that if. As a Ranger fan, I do want. I'd rather see. I'd rather see Pittsburgh because we've owned well, them all year. Hundred yeah. percent. But I'll, I'll Thursday, take that with a grain of salt. I'll, well, I'll take that with a grain of salt though. Thursday. Yeah. I want to play Washington Thursday. If they if they win that game that and Pittsburgh wins that basically I think that does put them out of that puts Washington. Washington, Washington has two games left. Pittsburgh has one game left. Right, but if Pittsburgh wins their next. And the Islanders beat Washington oh, shit, on Thursday. Right. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, then you're, you're setting stone. You're playing Pittsburgh, which I, as a Ranger, if I was a Ranger fan, I would 100 percent want to play Pittsburgh. They are terrible right now. I think after the what after, I don't know what is it, the trade deadline or something. They're like eight and sixteen against playoff teams. They've been atrocious. Now, Crosby and these team, but 
New York has owned Pittsburgh in the first for the last few years. Islanders always just beat the crap out of them, and now it's time to kind of take them to town and show them what we do in New York. So I, if I'm the Rangers, I want to play Pittsburgh because I think they'll just walk all over them completely. Yeah. I, I I do want Pittsburgh. But also, I mean, I know the Capitals are hot right now, but the Rangers seem to play pretty well, other than the first game of the year when they started Georgia for some reason. But other than the first... Other than the first game of the year, the Rangers have played pretty well against the Capitals. Yeah, well, they they played against they played well against a lot of these uh, measure It's just like the, the team. Carolina. I don't know why they the can't teams, beat Carolina. We, we Carolina's just, we good. Can't. They're not a good. It's 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 not a good match. It's just not a good matchup. Because it's it's the same. They play the same key, and it's just I think Carolina's just a little bit more skilled than them. I think that's the, yeah. the difference. And they, I do not want to run into them in the playoffs. I don't want to run into ball. And I don't no, want to run into. Tampa, they are a problem for the entire NHL. Did you I watch that power play? <laughs> no, I did not. But Kucherov, Stamkos, and Hedman—they pass. Oh my God, Kucherov made a pass through two Columbus Blue Jackets legs and a perfect one-time feed Stamkos on the power play. This team is buzzing right now. I, I will do not say want to face I, the team at all in the playoffs. I will say this about the Lightning: they have reached a territory where you talk about the Patriots and where you talk about. The Warriors, when they're in the playoffs, where you're like, up, oh, you don't want to see them in the playoffs because they're gonna. You're give talking you about hell. Tampa. They are yeah. they are matched up to play Toronto right now, and the last time they faced oh Tampa gosh. Bay beat them eight to one, and this was a week ago. Yeah. If yeah, you're like, you're a Toronto fan, you are like shaking in your just, boots because you are just don't even watch the series at that point. Yeah, you, like, <laughs> I don't I don't know, and I I know they can't. I don't think they can't catch all my. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah, Tampa Bay will come in and just beat the yeah, wheels yeah. off you. You don't. You don't want to run into them. And given well, they have played two fraud, they have two fraud. Not really fraud, but like, I mean, they played an Eastern. Uh, yeah, Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yes, the Eastern. They, they won the Eastern Conference yeah. Stanley Cup final. But it's yeah. just, I think I that, I, I think that there's like. You just don't want to run into them. You don't want to run run into them. You really don't. That's that's the situation looking at. Now you're looking at this West open in the West wild card right now, and boys, we're looking at a playoffless Vegas right now. And thank God, I if I could hate one team in the league, actually scratch that. I do hate one team. I hate the Vegas Golden Knights. They are such. Their fans are such pricks. They've been winning since they were in the league to begin with. They are. I fuck because they just, they just took players. Each team. It's like well, you could literally just they, take the best player that's available. And, it's like and they. It's unfair. And they, every year they've blown up their roster. They've blown up what they've had to, to create this new mega team that just hasn't worked. It just hasn't. And I'm so mm-hmm. sick. I'm so sick of this Vegas team. And if they, they're too, right now, if they lose another game, they're done. And if Dallas wins another game, they're done. So. I think we're looking at Vegas those playoffs. I hate Vegas, but I think the Stanley Cup stays in the East. I really, it's it, it, it's it's going the East again this year. I don't think the West, West doesn't scare me that much. A couple and teams possibly do, but back to Tampa for the third straight year. Yeah, yeah, you, you and just it don't sucks. want it. It just it sucks. You don't want it. You just don't want it. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get to our interview with uh, Jason with San Francisco Giants third baseman Jason Bosler. It's a very fun interview. First time I've ever interviewed a professional athlete of any kind. So. Definitely cross that one off the bucket list. So thank one. you, Jason. It's, like, yeah. it's going to be a good. It's, it's going to be a good dude. one. Yeah, fun guy. Told us a lot of great stories. Definitely. Do without further ado, let's end it off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Vosler.
All right, coming at you live with San Francisco Giants third baseman Jason Vaz and Rockland County native, Rockland County native Jason Vazler. Jason, how's it going, brother? It's going great, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. So you guys just had a series with Oakland. Oakland, thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was thinking Milwaukee. <laughs> we had a, a one game. Uh, oh yeah, there. yeah. What was that about? Uh, like because of the lockout, we missed like six or seven. Oh, games, it was a lockout game. Yeah, so they got to make them up in like weird spots. So we had an off day on Monday, and they flew us to Milwaukee just for the day, which was That's interesting, weird. but it was fine. I know That's the weird. Brewers, the Brewers had to do. Um, they had to go from Philly to Milwaukee for the day, and then back to Pittsburgh, which is just, Ooh. Which is terrible. <laughs> so oh, those one-day games aren't That's the series, awful. aren't the best. Oh yeah. I can't wait for what the Yankees have to do for uh, travel days, sitting, <laughs> sitting. Who knows? But we'll see. Yeah. I, I, you, I, you obviously can't say anything tampering, but I, I, I can gladly say something. But anyway, uh, yeah. But uh, just gonna start it off off the rip. So you're from Nyack, correct? West Nyack. So born in West. Nyack, West. But, yep, but grew up. So in high school. So high school. Where'd you play? At Don Bosco. Oh, you played at Bosco. Okay. Yep. So you. All right. So. Obviously, high level of competition there. Definitely in Jersey with all those Catholic schools. You got Bergen. They're, I feel like I hear they're, I hear Bergen talked about all the time with baseball. And any guys that you played there, in high, like played against in high school, like anyone that like we know or can recognize. Uh, I don't think anybody made it to the big leagues that I played against necessarily. Um, but there was a ton of talent. I mean, like it seemed like every guy in the field was at least a college player, if not like a high level college player um and that's kind of the reason i went to bosco was you know my public school nothing wrong with it um i just i kind of would have been one of the best right away and i don't think that would have been good for my development and you know i, I went to bosco and i was like not even close to the best like i mean i was probably maybe average on the team all the way through and i think that really helped me just like kind of seeing the caliber of player like that i needed to stack up against if i wanted to keep going up to the next level yeah, like that's the thing with like those like those high schools too, because like you hear like with like basketball like all the time, and you have like those kids that go to those kids that go to school school just to play basketball with LeBron's kid, and like you hear like all the names, and they're always like these like top tier high school players, and then you see how they do in high school, and you always like judge like, wow, I don't think they're gonna do that well in college or the NBA or other like other things like that, but then you look at like. I don't know if you know who this is, but Zaire Williams on the Grizzlies. Like, he mm-hmm. was deemed average when he was in college at Stanford and when he was in high school with LeBron. Now he's playing in playoff games yeah. with the Grizzlies. So, like, it, it, sometimes it's good to be average. So- <laughs> no, for sure. I think, uh, what's his name? I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I heard an interview with uh, C.J. McCollum a couple years back. Uh, and I oh. think he was kind of the same thing where he wasn't highly recruited. He went to uh, Lehigh, I believe. He did. And, uh, you know, he turned into a star, or at least a well above average player in the NBA. So I think sometimes it's good not to be the, the best player on your team growing yeah. up because you get that sense of com- I mean, confidence is obviously a good thing, but sometimes you get too cocky, too like, I'm really good, and you don't continue to work or develop at the same rate that, uh, you know, some of the other guys do who maybe aren't the best. Yeah. Jason, you just brought up a trigger for me because I'm a Duke fan and CJ McCollum torched Lee torched Duke yeah. when he was at Lehigh. So uh yeah, yeah, you brought you you brought back you brought back some painful yeah. memories there. Is that the fifteen two upset? 
I, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then a few years later was Mercer, and then it, it just... Oh, maybe I'm thinking Mercer, yeah. Yeah, it just... It, it just... <laughs> just brought up a dark past, but it's all good. It's all good. But, uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, you got called up this past... Were you with the Giants? I, I could be wrong. Were you playing in the majors last year? Yes, I had okay. um, about, about half the year. I think I had about 80 days or 70 days or something. Okay, so yeah. you were around the year where, you know, they were the best, I'll say, they were the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And just, like, looking through how Gabe was going through, like, the analytics and all this, and it's like, you don't really, like, have, like, these stars. You have, like, the veteran guys in the locker room, like Belt, like, uh, Crawford. who am I thinking of? Uh, Crawford, po- you had guys at Posey at the time. Mm-hmm. Just, like, how, like, in-depth do you have to go with, like, this whole, like, analytics stuff? Because it's been, it's, been it's been talked about a lot. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think each guy has a different view of it. I, I kind of let the, the front office and, and the coaching staff handle most of the ad- analytics. Uh, you know, I definitely look at the reports they give us, and I, and I study them hard and in preparation for the game. But as far as like the analytics of how we're going to win that day, I think it's more of them putting together a lineup and then us just executing what we're good at out there. And I think that's what they're banking on. So they do all the analytics. They put us out there and they say, go do what you're good at. And that's how we're going to win this game. And then, you know, as far as us being having the most wins in the league last year, I, I, I do think the big part of it is the analytics, obviously, is Gabe Kapler being a genius manager. But it's also the, the clubhouse. Um, you know, it's a really fun clubhouse to be in. The, the veteran leadership last year and this year, too. Um, we forgot to mention uh, Evan Longoria, too. Oh, but, yeah, um, that's right. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they really know they know what it takes to win. They know how to manage a clubhouse without being overbearing. They know how to, you know, welcome in the new guys. And uh, if you really follow the Giants, too, there's a lot of up-and-down moves. Like, you know, they'll, they'll bring me up for two days to face two righties back down to the minors when a lefty's pitching because they need a righty bat up here. And, you know... Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can be really hard on players. You know, you're going up and down, left and right, it seems like, and, you know, your whole world's kind of spinning, like, you know, what do I got to do to stick up there? But when you have those veteran guys up there that make you feel so comfortable in the clubhouse, it makes it a lot easier to come in every day or, you know, not be there for a week, and then you're here for a week. And, uh, you know, you never felt like you were an outsider. You always felt like you were welcome to the clubhouse. Everybody was happy to see you and sad to see you go when you did leave. So, you know, I really think a big part of our success last year was just the clubhouse atmosphere. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask you, like, kind of what, like, the clubhouse atmosphere was like and kind of what it was like um, just having the most wins in the team and learning behind Crawford and Longoria, like, like two two of the best defensive players in those positions to to play. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, as far as the clubhouse question, I mean, when we win, you know, it's like a party in there. It's, you know, we got the disco lights going. We got uh, streamers and confetti blowing everywhere. Like, it, you know, it's, it's fun to win. And, you know, it should be fun to win. Like, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and, you know, even in the same, the same breath, when we lose, it's not like a panic either. It's not like everybody go in, sulk, and feel bad. You know, it might be a little quiet, but at the end of the day, it's like, hey, it's a long season. We're going to lose games. Um, you're going to win games, you're going to lose games, and hopefully you win more than you lose. But, uh, yeah, and then as far as just with those guys, like, 
you know, defensively and offensively, and, and they've done it in every situation possible. You know, they've done it in World Series. They think they've won Crawford and Bell, both won two of them. Posey won three of them. Um, you know, they've they've done every situation you could do on the baseball field. And it's just, it's cool to talk to them about that and learn from them about that. And then just watching them on a daily basis and how they approach their work and their ground balls and their cage routines and batting practice. It, it, you know, it's special to watch. And then, you know, every once in a while, you kind of, if you're smart, I, I mean, you you try to learn from them. You ask them questions. You know, I, I try not to be like too, you know, I'm trying to overbearing. Hang by their, yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to hang by their leg and like ask them a million questions. But when I feel it's appropriate and necessary, like, I want to learn from it. And, you know, I mean, stuff, you know, I can't say one specific thing, but it's just like day in and day out, you feel like you're learning so much from these veterans who, again, have done everything you could do in the game. They've done it, and they're still coming back for more and continuing to prepare the way they do, and it's really impressive to watch. Yeah, like, that was the thing, though. Like, everyone was, like, so shocked that you guys were so good last year. And, to, like, I felt like I was, like, the only person in the world that, like, wasn't. Because, like, you had, like, the vet, like... Posey, Crawford, Longo, and, like, Belt, like, they've all been there. Like, I remember being, like, 10 years old watching Brandon Bell hit that big home run in Washington. Like, that, like, I I just don't, like, I guess it's just, like, recency bias, but, like, and just, like, the those, like, little 12-year-olds on Twitter that just, like, that just talk about, just, like, just have, like, the recency bias, but, like, if you, if you're around, and if you're around the sport and you know, like, who's on, who's on what team and what impact they can make. Like, and it's just all like a veteran presence, basically. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think, you know, and it's happening again this year in a little bit. Like, if you look at our uh, projected win totals, I don't know how they come up with that number. But, like, I think last year our projected <laughs> win total was, like, 70, 70 wins or 75 wins. We won 107 or 8 wow. games. Yeah. And then this, this year we come back and it's, I think, you know, we, we lost Buster Posey. We lost Kevin Gosman, great players. But, yeah. you know, we, we replaced those guys. Or, yeah, you reloaded. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying you replace guys like that, but we reloaded. We got Carlos Rendon, who's an unbelievable pitcher. We got Alex Cobb. He's doing great. Shoving. Like, Joey Bart. I think Joey Bart's going to be an unbelievable player. I've watched him in AAA. I've watched him now in the big leagues. He's an unbelievable player. And um, I think our win total, again, was like 80 or something, which is fine. Like, I don't, we don't care about that. I don't think anybody in the clubhouse, the management front office, nobody cares about that. But you're right. There's there's a sense of like I think they're expecting us to regress, or it was like some miracle year. But I'm with you. I don't I don't really think that was the case. I think we had a really good team, really talented, with unbelievable leadership in the clubhouse, and then you have a front office and, and coaching staff and manager that they don't leave one single stone unturned. Like every advantage that you could possibly get, they're on top of it before you could even think about it. Like and. You know, some of the things I don't even I don't even know how they come up with, but they do, and you're like, man, that's genius. So, it's not a shock to me when this team does well, and you know, with the leadership we have, and I'll speak specifically on the front office and the manager. Like wherever those guys are, they're gonna win because they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's just like so crazy with like those like fangraphs things because, like, I saw like their predictions for the AL East and like. The top four were you had like the usual top four and then the Orioles and they the top four had the had all had the same record like I don't yeah. know if that was like on purpose or did, like they actually like think that they're all gonna finish with that it's just like I just don't really like believe in the projections like I just think it's yeah. like if you go out there and play and you win it Herm Edwards said it best you play to win the game yeah and if you just go out there and do your job and win like the results are gonna the results are gonna show 
and for sure. And these these productions don't take in like the human element. You know, they they go based on previous stats and stuff like that. But you know, you, you can't project a clubhouse gelling. You know, together and having fun together and enjoying being at the field every day. Like, if, if you don't enjoy going to the field every day, like your team's not. Yeah, what's wrong good. with you? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, there's houses I've been in that are not as fun as others, and that's just a fact. There's some, there's some places I go and it's like, all right, you know, it's baseball. I'm having a good time, but you know, I don't love the clubhouse I'm in, and you're just not as motivated to play. And you have to find your own internal motivation. That's one thing. But when you're going to a clubhouse that you love to go to every day. You're, you're gonna be a better team. It's just, yeah, like that's just it's just you get yeah, but like it blows my mind. Like especially like after the lockout and like seeing like what like what happened and like what the infor all like the information that came out during the bargaining meetings and all of that and just like seeing like the red like teams not uh, not to name but there are a few teams out there in Major League Baseball who where like they just like don't want to win. Like how, like, and I understand like the concept of rebuilding and I understand like the concept of like, okay, like I know, like we know like this team like isn't going to make much noise, but like you want like, you almost want to have like, and it, like I say that like, this is my theory going into for the New York Giants where I'm basically like, okay, like I'm, I'm not expecting them to be good as long as just we have like a, like we win a few games and just have like a fun year, like I'll consider that year a success. Like, especially, like, with what they've been through. Like, I just, it blows my mind that there are some owners out there that don't want to win. Yeah, it, it's definitely a weird a weird concept to me. And, and um, you know, I, I think, you know, with all the talk of, like, we need to grow the sport, we need to grow the game, I think teams, and, and this goes for all sports, I think teams that, in tanking, like you said, I understand the concept. You, know, you get draft picks, you get better, and you reload down the line. But for me, if you're a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates who haven't been good in you know, eight years or so. Um, yes, a long time. It, it's tough to grow. It's tough to grow the fan base, right? If you're a, just say an eight-year-old kid, you know, you're learning baseball. You're from the Pittsburgh area. It's like, or sorry, if you were eight years old in 2015, the last time they were really good. Now you're when they call. Yeah, and now you're 15, and you haven't seen a winning team in, in seven years. And it's like you may be looking at the Steelers now. You might not be a Pirates fan. You're like, ah, they never win. Like, I don't yeah. want to follow this team. And, you know, that's each organization's choice. And I'm sure the Pirates have a plan and, you know, they're going to continue to get better and they will be good at one point. I, I just, I don't understand the, the business side and the growing the game side of, of the tanking. Yeah, like, it's just because, like, you see, like, these teams going on, like, and just, like, name a few, like the Reds, the the Reds who had who had a great who had, they had a great team last year and they mm -hmm. kind of just like let everything go by letting Castellanos walk and trading Winker and Suarez and then you look at the A's and letting go of Chapman and Olsen and even letting Literally even everybody. letting their manager go and just like like everyone and you just and you played there not you played there for your last series like it was basically like empty there's been like th yeah. how many like three thousand and like usually that's a, that's a rivalry game because it's across yeah, the bay. Yeah, I saw, we, were I, at home. we were in San Francisco for that. Oh, you were in San Francisco. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, because yeah, I saw the like their oh, yeah. their triple A their triple A stadium like had more fans than their MOB stadium. That's a fact. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I'm not saying any team should move, but there should be a, a franchise in Vegas because their triple A is in Las Vegas. I played there. They get at AAA games by far the best fans for for the minor league baseball. You know they're getting right. sometimes 
12, 15,000 fans a night, which for a AAA game is, is very, very good. And if they expand it to a big league stadium, yeah. you know, they would they would sell that place out every night. And if you look at, like, the success of the um, – What's the uh, the Golden Knights like? Oh, they're the Knights. They're in the desert. Like you wouldn't expect a hockey team to be like super into it. And you go to those games, and it's like it's a party. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah. Like, the the Raiders now are there. Yeah, the Raiders are on the up. Uh, they just got Devontae. Yeah. Yeah, and like you know that that's a good sports town. So I think within, I mean, this is just an absolute guess. I have no knowledge. I think within ten years we'll see a baseball team in, in Las Vegas. I heard there's a there's a group that's uh, that wants a uh, an MLB team in Nashville. And yep, that'd be really fun. <laughs> that'd be yeah, really oh, that'll be, yeah. <laughs> that'll be great. I think two teams, you know, they'll add two, one in Vegas, one in Nashville. I think that'll be great for the league. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to get to the lockout and like that whole process. So mm-hmm. like, what what were you what were you up to like besides like getting like besides in the cage, feeling the ground balls, all that. Did you like develop? It, it almost felt like quarantine to you guys. Like the first like round of quarantine, where like did you like develop like any like new hobbies or anything like that or uh, <laughs> something like? <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, I just kind of continued my normal off season. Uh, I I didn't get too involved in it. You know, being like a, a rookie, there's really nothing I could I yeah. could do. You know, I was following along our, our team player rep was sending out texts and you know. Um, we were getting emails from the MLB Player Association, just like updating us, and I was reading them and following along. But for me, it was more of just like, all right, just keep preparing. Like I'm gonna leave tomorrow because that's what it ended up being. Like the yeah. lockout ended on a Thursday night, pretty late, and I was on a flight Friday night, I believe. Like literally the next day. So for me, it was just yeah. like, hey, whenever this is ending, it's gonna happen quick. So I gotta be ready to go. And I think the only difference is like, usually I'm I'm out of the, you know, I live in New Jersey in the off season, and. Um, Usually I'm out of there February 1st. So just being there an extra like five or six weeks was, was different. Like I, I hadn't experienced a March at home since high school, which is, you know, 10, 11 years away. So, you know, a part of it was good. I wanted to get out there. I was really antsy to start playing. But part of it, it's like, you know, I'm away for eight, nine months out of the year. Getting an extra month at home with my family and friends and girlfriend, you know, is, is kind of a blessing in a way, you know. But at the same time, I did want to get started. I love the game. I love spring training. It's one of my favorite times of the year. So I do like getting out to Arizona and, and starting a new season. So there was good and bad things about it. Yeah, so now, did it, I do did want it to get to this. like the oh, clubhouse or anything? <laughs> like the lockout? In what way? Uh, like, did it, like, did it, like, kind of, like, help you guys come together once, like, everyone was there? Just, like, finally happy to be and get um, started to play? You know, I think it was more, um, we were just happy to like, like, yeah, like you said, like we, we were happy to just be at spring training and it, you know, it was kind of a similar feel to a normal spring training when you get out there, everyone's happy to see each other again. I wouldn't really say it like changed anything because, you know, we were all the players on the same page, like nobody was fighting yeah. with, within each other. You know, it was, it was players versus owners, just like any union battle goes. Um, and, uh, you know, we stood, we stood pretty united, which, which was a good thing. And. When we got to spring training, we were just all really excited to get going, and it was quick. You know, like I said, I, I really enjoy spring training, so it was only I think like 22 days this year, which which felt really quick. Um, and I, I I usually go out like a month early just because I like being out there so much. So I didn't get yeah. my full spring training experience, but I still mm. we still had a great time, and you know we were ready to go by the time the season started. I do want to get to uh, just like a few little like fun little questions yeah. besides Oracle. Where's your favorite stadium to play? That's a good question. Um, 
I, I have this question a lot. So they're they're all like nice in their own way. Like I haven't played anywhere bad. To me, like I don't know what it was about Washington, but I I really like the National Stadium. Like it's nothing like unique or or special. Like in in regards to like it's not different in any way. I just like Washington D.C. as a city. I liked the clubhouse. I liked the hotel we stayed at. I like the stadium. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, Oracle's. I think I, I mean, Oracle. Not, Oracle's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like it's it's not just being like being like a, a homer or whatever you want to say. Like I, I really think Oracle's one of the nicest. Um, Dodger <laughs> Dodger Stadium is like so cool to play at for some reason too. I don't. That's like they like rec- they recently renovated it too, right? They had like they have like a little thing out in center field now. And yeah, like the- I'm not sure. Like last year was my first year playing there, but it was just more of like you know, it's it's one of the I think it's the third oldest stadium. Um, it's it's just like and they pack it out. It's loud, like super by far the loudest stadium I've played it. You know, I think there was like fifty thousand there at one point last year. Um, and they they get up, the speaker system's loud. Like that's just a, I don't think it's the nicest. It's just like a cool place to play. Um, yeah, like, like that. That's why. That's why I said besides Oracle, because I knew if I said just like any stadium, like I, I knew you were going to say Oracle, and I would, I would not have blamed you because that is, that's per- personally that's one of my favorites, yeah. and I've never been there. That's a that's yeah. a bucket list for me. No, yeah, it's definitely one to get out. It's definitely a little cold though. It's colder than you would expect. Oh yeah, every night it's, it's chilly here. Um, the new uh, the new Texas Stadium inside is Ooh, really globe light. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. In, outside it's I don't really outside know it looks like, it looks like a grill. Yeah, it's a little weird, but uh, the inside is, like, it's, it's, it's pretty, like, magnificent. Like, it's just big, and it's, it's obviously enclosed, and it just, it's just, it's a cool stadium. Uh, do you got any cool stories from, like, the locker room? Like, from, like, the veterans? Like, something? So- yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's always traditions. I, I think for me personally, like, um, when I got my, my first hit, I had a, it was like my second game, got my first hit, had an interview on the field after the game. And when I got back into the clubhouse, I walked through the clubhouse doors and everybody like kind of, you know, threw confetti on me, jumped around me. Like it was just like a cool, like, welcome to the <laughs> moment. like nothing special. It just was like one of those things where it was just like, wow, like I'm here. Like I have, you're one of the boys. Yeah. You know, one of the guys. <laughs> and then like, uh, actually like Buster Posey, he, he ended up taking a video of the celebration and he texted it to me. And like, for me, that was kind of cool too. I was just like, Oh, oh that's sick. Not only, <laughs> not only did I get this whole thing, like Buster Posey went out of his way to video it for me so that I have it later on. Like that was just like a cool, like surreal moment for me. Like not only did I get a hit in front of my family and friends in the clubhouse with the guys after they're celebrating for me, Buster Posey goes out of his way to take a video. But like all that stuff just kind of added up and it was, it was really cool. Who was your first thing? Just, just like, just, oh. who was your first hit against Terrence? <laughs> if you remember, uh, it was uh, it was against Miami. It was the pitcher's name was Richard Blyer. He's a relief pitcher for them. He um, so I actually it was my third at bat. My second at bat, I missed a home run by like a foot. Oh. Would have been my first hit, which would have been cool. Um, that would have been awesome. And then the first hit was like you know you could you can go on YouTube and watch it or something. But it's like a little bloop that you. Oh yeah, I saw it. I, I did some research. <laughs> believe that the right fielder. Yeah, you you can't believe that he didn't catch it. Like it almost like he looked like he just let it fall. But whatever, I'll take it. You got the first hey, one away. It's a it's a hit. And just like yeah. this, just like the sentence, like Buster Posey texted me, like that's just like gotta feel good. <laughs> that's just gotta yeah, like feel no good doubt. to say. 
no doubt, because like you guys were saying before, like I was in probably, I think he made his debut in 2009 or 10. So I was like a junior in high school watching Buster Posey. Like my, my recollection of baseball, like always has Buster Posey in it. You know what I mean? So like Mm -hmm. just being in a locker room with him, like just being friends with him, it's just cool. It just is. And like the other one is like, you know, all those guys, like I'm not trying to single out people, like all those veterans, like I think to me, they're like synonymous with baseball. But, uh, like, Evan Longoria was one of my favorite players growing up. Like, I loved, loved watching him. I studied his swing. I studied how he played at third base. Like, I modeled my game off him. And now it's like I'm on the same team as him, same clubhouse. And, like, that stuff is just – like, I don't I don't want to ever lose sight of that being cool. Like, it feels normal now, but it's still cool. <laughs> you know, so that's definitely one of the cooler parts. Like, there's got to be, like, one of those moments where, like, you kind of just, like – stop and think to yourself and just be like holy shit like i'm playing with i'm playing with these guys like at the highest level that you could play in in, in yeah. basic in north america and it's just, it's that that must that must be a feeling that i, I don't yeah. think i will ever get <laughs> as a washed high school athlete but <laughs> yeah no I, I, i'm trying everything i can to, to not lose sight of that and you know there's moments during like almost every game where even if i'm playing bad i'll be like the seventh inning it's like a big moment the crowd's getting loud and i like look up and i'm like holy shit like this stadium is big there's a lot of people here it's loud like this is freaking cool like so I, i'm i'm really trying to appreciate all of it because nobody knows how long it's gonna last like i don't know if i'm gonna play my last game in the big leagues tomorrow or five years or ten years you know so i'm really trying to soak it off like soak it all up and really appreciate where I am because again I know I probably said it a hundred times on this on this interview but it's cool like there's just I, I really I, I appreciate how cool it is that I get to do this every day. Uh, you when you got called up this year you had to take a pit stop to Queens so what was that like put what was it like playing in front of uh, your fans in the home state yeah that that was cool too um you know, that, that definitely a bucket list item for me. Like, I think the last one I got left is now playing Yankee Stadium. But um, it was a little overwhelming, like, to be honest, like with everybody texting me and calling, trying to get tickets. And uh, I, I kind of had to step back and be like, hey, listen, guys, like, I, I got to play a baseball game tomorrow. I'm, I'm done. I, I did, so I didn't leave tickets for anybody. <laughs> um, and th- this, was no, this was no disrespect to anybody. It was just like, it's a lot of work for me to try to, like, figure out how to get everybody tickets. And then... Yeah, I was like, you know what, I, I got, I, I think I got, I got called up on Sunday night, and we had a game on Monday. Like, if I had a week to prepare to start, like, really leaving tickets, I would have left yeah. tickets. But I yeah, had it was all last second, second, though, yeah. Yeah, it was last second, so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not leaving tickets. And then, you know, it, it was a little overwhelming, like, everyone's asking, like, hey, let's get practice before the game, so lunch after, <laughs> or dinner after the game. <laughs> Same thing, I just said, you know what, like, my girlfriend was here hung out with her and my parents that was it but it was it was really cool after the games um the 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 staff at city field was awesome they let all my family out on the field and we took a ton of pictures and that that was really cool even like my grandparents got to see me playing the big leagues for the first time and they're massive baseball fans like some of my cousins thought it was the coolest thing ever walking on a big league field so like all of that was like so so cool for me and i'm so happy i have those memories and the pictures to do it but i'm not gonna lie it was a little little overwhelming at, at first Oh, it must be because, yeah. like, even as like even like as just like a regular person, like when you have like eighty different people texting you like yeah. all at once, and like you don't know what to do, and you like it, it, it gets very, it, yeah. it gets crazy, and you go crazy too, yeah. in some cases. <laughs> and that's and that's what I was trying to avoid. I was trying to be like, 
I was trying to help everybody and trying to answer everybody and you know, try to make a schedule, try to fit everybody in. And I was like, you know what? Like, I got to play in a major league baseball game tonight. Like, I want my attention to be on that and, yeah. uh, and that only, really. Like, to me, it was, it was great to be able to play in New York. But, like, it's still my job. I still have to perform. And I want to do that to the best of my ability. So I'm going to prepare the way I need to prepare and not be stressed by the outside distractions. So you are from New York. So I do have to ask you... You probably know who Mike Frances is, yeah. and the big, the big. Uh, you play for the Giants, so there was one caller that came in. I want to ask you: Has anybody ever asked you if whatever, <laughs> whatever the San Francisco Giants are in New York, do they have a get together with the New York Giants? That's what someone asked Mike Frances. <laughs> has anyone ever asked you that question before? No. And am I ever ask you that? You're the first, and I'm honored. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'd love to hang out with them, but not like. <laughs> I just, I just had to get, I just had to get that out of the way because that's like a core memory for me. Just like hearing him, like, what the hell did you say? I just, I, I had to ask someone that. I'm sorry. That's you. No, you're good. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, but uh, there's always been like, you guys are in a very tough division now with, you know, you got the Dodgers. The Rockies have been surprisingly doing very well. You got the Padres, who are always a threat, especially when Tatis comes back. And then you got you guys. And I'm saying that in no order. <laughs> I'm saying that in no order. But how, how do you think, like, what do you think it's going to take to win another division title again, especially in this stacked of a division? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's, Either either the best division in baseball or or two, uh, number two. Like it, I mean, ton of talent in the division, ton of great pitching, ton of great hitters too. And it, I think it's going to be more the same as last year. It's kind of day in and day out preparing the way we need to prepare. The coaching staff doing what they need to do, making the lineups. Um, you know, it's also about health too. Like we, you know, hopefully we could have you know we have we have some injuries right now. Hopefully everybody gets back and. And healthy. Um, that's always a big one for any team. You know, you, the best ability is availability. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if we just execute our game plan day in and day out to the best we can, we're going to be successful. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that so far, even with without a lot of our key players. Honestly, I think we have like four or five guys in the DL, and I think that's also the mark of a good team is when you have people who can step in. You know, next man up. Have, yeah, you, you have depth. You have the next man up who can step in, not be intimidated by the moment, and, you know, do your job. You know, one of your teammates, as I said, next man up, who was a part of one of my favorite baseball teams ever, the 2019 Yankees, was Mike Talkman. So oh, I yeah. want to ask you, how's Mike Talkman doing? <laughs> Good friend of mine. Uh, he's, he's not on our team anymore, actually. Oh, he's not? He's on the Giants? Oh, yeah, he's in Japan. Yeah, no, he's he in Japan. Oh, Korea. Yeah, okay. He, um, so one of my really good friends, actually, great, great guy. One of the most intense players I've played. Oh with. yeah. I mean, he truly cares not just about himself, how he does, but like the the development of everybody. Like, you know, he had, he had a little bit of struggle last year with us, and he ended up getting sent down to AAA at some point. And you know, I kind of thought with how intense he was, and he was pretty established in the big leagues. I think he had five years or so. I thought I was like, ah, man, I don't know how he's going to be down here. Is he going to be like sulking? And you know, it kind of went the opposite, where he was like trying to help everybody out. And 
telling stories, not necessarily telling stories, but sharing experiences of the players he played with and like what they did to be successful. And because he played with great players on the Yankees, he played with great players on the Rockies, um, yeah. obviously great players here with the Giants too. So he had a lot of information to share. And that guy prepares as good, if not better than anybody I've played with. I mean, he's studying the scattering ports. He's gave, given me so much insight, like tremendously thankful to be a teammate of his at one point. And he's killing it in career right now. That's that's good. That's good to hear because I yeah. I loved him when he was with the Yankees. Awesome, guy. Like, awesome. Like, so intense though. Sometimes. Oh like, yeah. Sometimes oh my god. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I remember. I remember one game. It was like during the COVID year. They played the Mets, and he scored like the winning. Run. He sco- He was the. He was like the winning run. Uh, during one of the games, and I remember when he like slid down, and he. He threw his helmet down on the ground, and I just like they pan the camera panned over to him, and you just see it like mouthy just goes, "Fuck!" And I'm like, "All right," I'm like, "Dude, this guy's a, like this, guy, this guy's a fucking nut job," and I'm here for it. Like that just goes to show you, man. Like he loves the game, man. He loves to win, and he's a great teammate. Oh yeah, but uh, I'm trying to think, Terrence, you got anything? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think on the fly here. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you you talked about you talked about Talkman's preparation. I mean, I watched you prepare this winter over at Power. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like, what, like, what do you try to focus most on in your preparation? Um, you know, it's total. It's different uh, depending on the time of the year. Um, in the off season, you know, I'm not thinking much about thinking. You know, pitch, like none of that because you know I'm not facing a pitcher. Uh, I'm really in the off season. Like, I'm trying to work on like my body, making it more explosive, stronger, faster, all that. I'm trying to work on my hitting mechanics. Um, you, you probably saw me. I do a ton of machine work because I, yeah. I think that just replicates. I just think it just replicates like a real, a real game more. Like if I can get my mechanics right off a machine throwing pretty firm, moving a little bit, like, you know, you get some cut, you get some tail. Like, I think that benefits me in the long run. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, doing flips or, or, or standard batting practice, but I do think at some point you need to challenge yourself if you're making adjustments. Like, it, you know, if it's the ball's coming at 10 miles an hour, it's like you could probably make the adjustment pretty easy, but it's like now when the ball's coming at 90, can you still do that adjustment you're going to do? So that's really my off-season preparation like I'm, I'm really working on mechanics I, I i know you probably saw too like I, I, I film every swing like i have a tripod with the ipad yeah. <laughs> everything's on video i watch uh every round i take i watch i go home and i watch it i compare it to really really good players you know and it doesn't have to be like necessarily like barry bonds or mike trout which i do compare to them too but just guys who have that sustained success in the major leagues they're doing something right so i just want to make sure the elements of my swing are matching theirs. Um, and then as far as preparation on game days, like luckily in the big leagues, it's a little easier than, than in the minor leagues or college or high school or wherever um, you're playing because like all the information is kind of given to us in a really well laid out manner. Um, we have a software right on our phones that we can look at any pitcher in the league. They're what they throw most in 2-0 counts or 1-0 counts. Um, for me, I look at the pitcher's release point. So like, if he's going to be over the top side, I look at his velo. I look at his best pitch other than the fastball. And then I look at what he throws in certain counts. You know, I don't go over every count because it's, it's tough to memorize that for every single yeah. pitcher, but yeah, I like oh, to know definitely. what they're going to throw. Yeah. I like to know what they're going to throw 
when they're ahead in the count, when they're behind in the count, 2-0, 3-1, like stuff like that, you know, I, I don't, or first pitch. That, that's really what it, it first pitch, 2-0, 3-1, are the counts I'll, I'll try to memorize um, just so I have an idea of what may be coming in those counts. And then um, and then I'll just watch video. I just want to see how the pitches are moving. I'll try to, and then I'll formulate, well, the team kind of formulates an offensive plan for us. Like if we have let's say a guy who's thrown like a ton of cutters, a right-handed pitcher, like I have to look out, outside a little bit, right? Because if it starts inside, it's going to be a ball. So I have to look out over the plate a little bit, and that's where I'm setting my sights, and I'm going to try my best not to go off that that point, and hopefully it breaks right up over the middle. Yeah, so that's kind of my full year preparation. That was a long-winded answer. Good question. Do you guys got the iPad in the dugout? Oh yeah, we got tons. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. Those mo- those must be so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to be able to like. Yeah, it's it's cool to be able to like see your like your swing and your mechanics and what you did right or wrong, like basically right after. Um, you know, it's on a little bit of the delay. It's like a ten minute delay. You have to wait, but that's nothing. Um, so, and it also, to be honest, it's good. Like sometimes, yeah, you know, I'm not saying like arguing with umpires, but sometimes you get punched out on a pitch that man, I thought that was a ball. Like, you could actually, like, go see it right after and be like, okay, like, I was right. Like, I was thinking. And that, to me, like, that's going to happen throughout the year. You're going to get punched out on balls. You're going to you're gonna be lucky, and there's going to be a, a strike that's called a ball. But to me, like, knowing that I was right in my thinking helps me be like, okay, like, I don't have to change anything. That's – I know that's a ball. That's a ball. Didn't go my way. But I'm going to stay there. Whereas there's sometimes I'm like, oh, damn, that was a strike. Like, I got to like change my mind up a little bit. I got to be like, all right, it's going to be my, my zone where I thought it was like, it's an extra inch outside or whatever it is. Like, and sometimes that happens. You kind of just got to recalibrate your mind. Have you ever been ejected in any, at any level? No, I never have. Um, I had one, one time where an umpire probably should have ejected me, but I think he acknowledged he was, uh, kind of in the wrong but with that said i went way over the top but nothing happened we were fine the next day we met actually before the game and we talked it out we're good but he uh i had a check swing i didn't think i went he punched me out and i gave like one of these like i put my hands up like come on and he started laughing and i was like you can't you can't laugh so he was the third base that's the that's some Angel Hernandez stuff. Well, it was yeah, probably it was probably Angel Hernandez. He was so he ended up he was the third base umpire that day. He punched me out from the left hand hitter, and I was playing third base. So I went out to the field, and I was like, "Hey man, like you could punch me out, or shit, call or something like that." I was like, "Don't you?" Yeah, and I like I really did go off. He maintained the position that he didn't laugh. The next day, he found me in the clubhouse. He was like, "Hey, I watched the video." I laughed. I didn't realize I laughed. He was like, but I put a smile on my face. He was like, that's unacceptable. I'm sorry. We talked it out. We're good to go. And he's a big league umpire. How do you? Good for him. Oh. Wait, which one? uh, I better not know his name. You know that's a bad sign when you know an umpire's name. Okay. I don't even want to mention who it is, but there is a a famous clip of him that went around last year in a not a good way for him. Nothing he did wrong, but he just had a, an unfortunate situation on the field. But I don't want to go into who he is. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but that, that's like the, that's like the thing with like umpires. Like my my dad always told me whenever like they like announce like the umpires on TV, he always 
He always says, if you know the umpire's name, it's a bad sign. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a bad sign. Like, <laughs> a, like Angel Hernandez. So if if you ever get ejected and it's from, like, an umpire I know, like Angel Hernandez or, like, C.B. Buckner, <laughs> that type of guy, just know I'm I'm on your side. Okay. I, will def- <laughs> I will defend you. I, I, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that that umpire deserves what he's going to get. I do want to get into just, like, a Two more questions. My, my, when I told, I, I told a family member of mine that we were doing this interview, mm-hmm. and I said like, "Oh, he's from Rockland County, like all this." He's like, "Oh, you should ask him if he enjoys the bread from Rockland Bake from Rockland oh, yeah. Bakery." Oh, so, yeah. are the you a fan of Rockland Bakery? Yes, the smell is the. I mean, I the live, smell. That's what we yeah, said. <laughs> I grew up like really like four minutes down the road from there, actually. Um, so you like I could almost like smell it from my house. It was that good. Yeah, I love that place. That place is like, it, it's just like a. Not only is it good, it smells good. It's just like cool too. Like you go in there, it's like a factory of bagels. And I actually you just like, see them on the conveyor belt. Yeah, on the conveyor belt, it's really cool. There was a, a gym across the street from there. I don't even remember what it was called, but I worked out there one year. But it was the worst because like you stepped out of the gym and it was just like oh my god, the smell was like overwhelming. You just wanted to go over there and get some bagels, but uh, no, I love. That. Yeah, but that he said the the bread though, like the bread and the bagels are just like <laughs> you walk and when like when even like for like when I was younger, like you'd walk in, they have they put the bagel through the machine, you put on the glove, yeah. you put it in. Like come on. So, that's like so a that's a that's a Rockland County that's a Rockland County like staple. <laughs> no doubt. So one more question, and I know we brought brought up to this earlier. You know, a lot of people are saying like based off of last year, you know the Giants. They were they were a bit of they, a lot of people are claiming that they got lucky, and you know the record doesn't really seem. I do not say this because I'm logical and smart, but and people are saying, oh, next year we'll see what you'll next year you'll see what happens. I want you to prove to the world right now why the San Francisco Giants are not a fluke. I know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really, yeah, I think it's really all around. It's um, yeah. If you look at our pitching staff, you have Logan Webb, who's probably one of the Cy Young. Not probably, I mean, he's a Cy Young candidate. You have Carlos Rondon, who is a Cy Young candidate. Absolutely, he's throwing ninety-nine mile an hour bowling balls to home plate. Like he is unbelievable. He actually has, I think, the most strikeouts of a Giants pitcher through through four starts or something like that. He is a stud. You have Alex Cobb, who is a stud. You have Anthony DiScofani, who's a stud. And I am missing our number five. I can, can't think of it right now. Who's our fifth pitcher? But our, our pitching staff is, I mean, lights out. Lights out. When they're healthy, lights out. Um, and then you, you look at our, our offense, too. You have two gold glove players in the infield, Brandon Belt. And actually, sorry, you have three gold glove players when healthy. You have Evan Longoria, you have Brandon Belt, you have Brandon Crawford on the infield all can crush the ball, all who have been in every situation possible the game who's been. We have a bunch of young guys coming up who are really good. We have a bullpen who's the best in the league and uh, a clubhouse full of great guys who we all enjoy being around. And, um, yeah, I think best in the league, if not the best, again, I think it's crazy to for projections to kind of lowball us. I know we're in a really good division. We're going to play really tough teams, but we are a very good team. If we stay healthy throughout the year, we're we're going to be a World Series contender. I know Terrence has one more question. So yeah, Terrence, go I, at it. I just want 
ask you about those green balls that we used over the winter. Oh, like, yeah. who, like who showed you? Those moved like crazy. Yeah, so what happened with those is, um, so we use those every day, but we use these, uh, they're, yeah, they're called heater balls. Every single guy does them, and they're actually starting, I think the Giants started it, um, but it's getting around the league. So, like, I mean, I looked at, like, Marcus Simeon's, like, Instagram story in the offseason. He was using them. Like, tons of guys. Trout was using them. Everyone's using them now because you could create insane speeds and insane shapes, and you also don't have to worry about, like, hurting your hands. Like, you know, if you put a 100-mile-an-hour fastball through a machine, it's going to move weird. Like, you're not going to hit it right, and it hurts. Like, it just it does. But this is a way it's, like, you get an insane practice session, and you could mimic the exact pitchers. But the pro- with that said, I had ordered um, – not that I ordered the wrong balls. They didn't have the exact ones I wanted. So those ones we used in the offseason, they were too nasty. Like, you just – Yeah, oh, they were disgusting, they were, yeah. Like, we, we weren't even touching them. Like, I think at the end, we were, like, fouling some balls off. But I couldn't find the, the real ones. Yeah. So I, I, never, I never was able to get them. But this coming offseason, I'll, I'll, before I leave – for the for the off season, I'll grab a whole mess of them from the stadium here, and uh, I'll bring them for the off season because I, I definitely want to hit those more in the off season because to me oh, it's like sweet. it's the best training you could possibly get. Well, Jason, hitting those. Oh shit, that was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're nasty, and you can, you can do really high speeds with them, so they're a little lighter too, so you could really light it up. Oh, definitely. We're we're online. That's that's why with the constant interruptions, we're online with this. But anyway, Jason. We, we want to thank you so much. Absolutely. You have yeah, no idea you. how much this means for this entire podcast. We will be Good. following your I'll it. be I'll be following we'll be following your career throughout the entire way. Anything good that happens to you, I will tweet about it. If you get ejected, I will call out that umpire. <laughs> Preferably I want it to be Angel Hernandez, but still, anyone. If I find the number, I'll look it up. It's it's easy these days. It's too easy. <laughs> so right. j- yeah, we just thank, all right. thank you, Jason. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Awesome interview with Jason Vosler. That was that was incredible. Yeah, that was There's, by far the best you, interview. I, no no you, hate Voss. to Oaks, but that was the best interview we've had so far. Voss, that was incredible. Thank, thank you so much. But anyway, we have an announcement to make. So I guess we are all aware of the changes that have been made on this podcast. Uh the the first I will all right. Let's just say this, Terrence. You, Terrence, you want you you want to make the announcement? Uh, make the announcement. <laughs> yeah, you can I'll make the it. announcement. I'll do it. Sir oh, Stan. So, kind of like you what drama is this? Just say it. Uh, okay. Jesus. First class sports is no longer. It is now on Twitter. It is now NY Money Sign. E- money sign. I couldn't, I couldn't do the the money sign. They didn't allow me to do that, so it's just okay. NYSE. Well, well, and or, okay, but I'll still call it money sign. NY right, money cool. sign SE gambling, and it is now our gambling account. I I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Too. And if you followed my picks for the day, <laughs> picks for the day right now we're trending upward to a little bit of a profit here because got the Brewers and the Padres in a parlay, and they're uh. Both winning, Brewers and the yeah, You're gonna be seeing the cash counter. This we're gonna be seeing. We're gonna be hitting the cash counter every day. You're gonna get videos oh, yeah. from me. You're gonna get videos from Tim. You're gonna get videos from Terrence. Every day, you're getting daily content, which is shove it up. Which uh, was, shove it up, that guy's. Uh, no lube, sandpaper finish. We're getting that money, boys. Yeah, we're That's getting the money. I, I I think that 
I will. I'll, I'll Tim had a parlay. It was Brewers money line and pop, and oh, they're geez, trying to. It's about a hit. It's about a hit. It's about and a hit. let's go. That's uh, and I had. You know what I had yesterday? I had a uh, Dobson uh, over uh, half a point. Scored a goal. There we go. That's money to the bank. Take what we can get. It's just so free money. Pretty right now. Exactly. We're sitting pretty. Today I. Have... You know what I got? You know what I got to actually today? I got a tip. I got a tip from T.J. O'Sullivan. I, I shout out to him. I forgot shout to mention this earlier. Shout out to T.J. Uh, um, Diane, that uh, he was he was looking at the trends and he saw that every, for the last like six games or seven games, only one. Uh, I think it was seven. Eight, it was like in between seven or ten. Only one game. Jack Eichel's shots on net uh, over didn't hit. So, if you're a betting man and you're taking these Vegas games the rest of the year, all I'm saying. Jack Eichel over on shots, and it should be free money. So yeah. thank you for the tip. Free money uh, lock right there. One of my bets hit, and as of right now, the game the game for my other bet has not started yet. But I did have Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks first half spread minus seven and a half, and that fucking hit. Dude, oh, free, money. Money. free money. Free fucking money here at NY Shut NY money NY money on SC And I also have Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson over twenty three and a half points. Tonight against not the Nuggets. A not a big deal. It's not, not a, big, a deal. big deal at all. So no, give a us a follow deal. on Twitter. Remember, that is there's no money sign. I want to call it money sign, but it is actually at NYSE Gambling. Get your locks in. It's not gambling. It is gambling device. But hey, it's not an addiction if you're winning. That's our slogan. It's not an addiction no, if you're winning. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. So what and trust you're getting year round content. Remember how I used to tweet all the time how our actual account used to tweet all the time my college basketball parlays. No longer. It's going on NYSC gambling. And it's going and I can't it's making me look forward to college basketball in like a month after, like nearly a month after the season ended. That's how Listen, you guys, excited I am. <laughs> you guys want picks, I'm telling you. Check it out. You'll get your, you'll get your picks. So anyway, moving on. A new segment. What I saw this week. I like. I like my gears. My gears. What grinds my Little grinds my gears. Well, we'll think of a definitive name. But what I saw this week, I saw Stephen A. Smith on first take compare. Uh, you know what? I'll pull it up on my. I'll pull it up on my phone right now. Give it a. Give it a. Just, just give it. A, just give it a listen. Uh, actually, is that copyright? Leave it. Yeah, okay. All right. Stephen A. Smith on first on first take when talking about uh, Kyrie Irving, he said when Russia bombed Ukraine, he thought Kyrie Irving wasn't going to show up to work. <laughs> wow. Why? Like what? What made you? What made you even think that? This is my question. Like, what are we comparing here? Basically. I don't know. Like I, like, I, don't know I, I really, I really don't know. Is that what grinds your gears? It just, like, it makes me think. Like, what, like, made him, like, really, like, think that? Like, what, what, what processed him to it's, say that? It's, it's Stephen A. Smith. I, I, I don't know what goes on yeah, in his same head. Thing, but like, he it's just same thing. Like, he just says the crazy just, stuff. Kendrick Perkins to say that Ben Simmons is like the pretty girl who smokes cigarettes. I don't know what's going on <laughs> over there. <laughs> he was right though. Plan. Yeah, but whatever. So, so wow, that was nice. But anyway, Terrence, what did you see this week? 
I saw Angel Hernandez have an 86% call uh, accuracy. Absolutely terrible. So I bad. Love I love it. Oh, my God. 19 missed calls. Kyle Schwarber threw a fit. I loved that because I hate Angel Hernandez. Um, but 86% call accuracy, that is awful. That's what I saw this week. Yeah, that's – dude, that guy – I do have some sources. Uh, I'm not going to name my sources, but – I have I know someone whose kids went to school with Angel Hernandez. Really? And yes. With Angel Hernandez's kids. Whose kids went to school with Angel Hernandez's kids. Can he please be getting fired? No. This happened this was years ago. But there was I he said to this person that I know at some like graduation thing and said I hate the Yankees. He is biased towards the New York Yankees. And this is who you're employing? Rob Manfred? No, come on. Every official They don't admit it. Like, come on. Like, they got to be fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey. Whatever that reference who? Wait, what was that 30 for 30 again? About the NBA? Uh, What's his face? What was his name? Tim Donaghy. He said he hated Allen Iverson, so they just kept calling him for carries for like three games straight. Yeah. Rick. Like, hey, like if the umpire called, remember when Joe West wore that white armband in solidarity for umpire harassment? If they just made right calls, I'd be standing, I'd be wearing white wristbands all day with them in solidarity. Just do, just be right. Just be better. That's all we're asking. Just be better. Just be better. Yeah. And like, did you see him the game when he was driving? He, like, it's funny because like he knows he sucks too. He knows he's terrible. Did you see that video? He's like, yeah. the Philly fans like, Angel Hernandez, you stink. Get the fuck out of Philly. He's like saying all this. And he, see, and he looks at the guy and he just fucking smiles at him. <laughs> like he just fucking smiles at him. The, maybe he's the Phillies too. So. Who, yeah, who knows? Yeah, they, gotta, they gotta start pulling some uh, long stuff. Start throwing at the groin. Send a message. <laughs> Dude, yeah. honestly. Uh, I guess they might have to. Accident. Piss. Yeah. So, Tim, Tim, what did you see today? Or this uh, week, excuse me. I don't know. I didn't... I played... You know what? I'm going to completely scratch that segment. Here, I played a decent round of golf up in uh, Binghamton, New York, when I had to visit my brother to drop off his golf clubs. Good. Now, it was an upstate New York... It was an upstate New York golf course. Let's... <laughs> not the best golf course I've ever yeah, played. Yeah, those, are, those, are, those aren't good. No. Shot a 45, so I'm not upset All with right. it. I couldn't putt. That's you know, I don't good. know why. That's not a shock, um, but it was it was it, like it was just an interesting golf course. I've never played in a more like they. When I say they worked with the land they were given, I had to off, and to my left was a steep, fifteen foot hill that I had to hit the onto to get to the hole. So interesting course mm-hmm. is is I enjoyed the round. I'm getting my score down, so it should be a decent summer. But yeah, Finally, that's what I saw. Steep so, yeah. too. Yeah, I know. The one after I broke mine in uh, anger of missing a birdie putt. So, yeah, yeah we're getting back funny. to it. Yeah. It's it's finally golf season in New York. You know, we're getting into it. We're getting into the swing. Hopefully, I get my score down a little bit this summer and uh, make a little bit of money. Get a little dough from the course. Let birdie juice. Need that. Need yeah. that birdie juice. A couple beers, and I'm the best golfer. <laughs> anyway, so to close it out, of course, as usual, I got my fun fact of the day. So... 
Let's hear it. The end where you're listing every bone in a body, let's just no, skip If it's like five minutes longer. long, don't say. No. Yeah. <laughs> the age Sorry, old... Wait, wait, Sarah. Started listed off like phalanges. Like, every oh, single like... bone, like... Yeah, like, why the fuck did she do it? Yeah, no, no, one, I, anyway. no one wanted to hear that. Okay. The age-old American question. Are Franklin and Theodore Roosevelt related? They share the name while they are distantly related, while many Americans may assume that President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the son of Theodore Roosevelt, the two former presidents who actually led the country for th three decades apart, were actually fifth t fifth cousins. Yeah, Stan, I was trying... Uh, I thought you were just going... Well, like, all the... The, 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 the family tree, the family tree starts all the way back. Like <laughs> he's like reading off it. Tom, he's like, so this is where the Roosevelt family started. Like <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, the first NYPD commissioner to become president. All right, whatever. Let's wrap this up. This was a, probably one of it's, our better podcasts in recent. Uh, <laughs> it was very so, good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Give us for the interview. Thank you, Voss. Thank, thank you so you. much. And also, go follow NYSE Gambling. That is NYSE Gambling for all your gambling advice. And remember, it's not an addiction if you're winning. All right? Peace out. See you guys.